Hello, passengers. Welcome to the Midnight Train, America's second favorite podcast where we bring the dark to light, where history never dies, and where listener discretion is always advised. That kind of rhymes. I actually like that. We like to make fun of and joke about the creepy and unsolved mysteries of the world, all while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yeah, we're kind of a comedy podcast, and things can get dark, all right? So just letting you know ahead of time. But if you're not into that, listen, we get it. No hard feelings. But hopefully, you're just as dark and twisted and, uh, you know, messed up as we are. Hopefully. Right. So anyway, I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me, of course, back in that co-host chair, is the one and only, Logan. Yay. Howdy, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, yo, what a boo, Betty boo. Oh, Everything is crazy. Everything is crazy. Every day I just wake up and want to break stuff. Yeah. Because everything is <laughs> fuck and everybody sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been, uh, it's wild. Yeah. I think things are kind of wild right now. We don't really know why. Yeah. But you like, want to justify. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Damn it. So listen, for our Patreon this week, for those first class passengers out there, uh, we are going to be doing a uh, a new F that guy, but this one's going to be a little bit different. Ooh. Yeah. It's going to be uh, about, uh, there's a guy who just, basically he is, uh, um, he's going to be sentenced to death here in the next couple weeks. Oh, is it that guy? It's it's that guy. Yeah. Um, his name is, uh, actually it's uh, uh, Thomas Loden Jr., Oh, and he did some something pretty horrendous, and we're going to talk about that. But there's some other stuff that's involved with it that's really crazy. That last name sounds so familiar. Yeah, because oh. it sounds like the cough drops. Those are Ludens. Yeah, no, that's not why. It's not, that's no, not why. No, oh. no. So anyway, we're going to talk about that over there for our Patreon. Again, subscribe for that uh, and uh, get all the bonuses at the themidnighttrainpodcast.com or it. go directly over to the uh, patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast. With the us in there too? You don't have to put those in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That yeah. Be, that's, actually, we should change our name too. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> Midnight yeah. Train Uh podcast. Still think we should change the name to the Midnight Train Wreck. <laughs> it's so awesome. I've been thinking about it so much lately. I'm like, that's a freaking amazing. That's awesome. It is awesome. And then we should only do live episodes and only at midnight. Oh, God. Let's put some more pressure on ourselves. Yeah. All right. So listen, uh, we're going to save the rest of the, bu- uh, the business stuff here. All right. Until the end. So let's just jump right into this thing. Let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get Croatoan-ish. Okay. <laughs> does, that, does that not work? I don't know. Let's, let's get, let's let's make like a leaf and tree and leaf. I don't know what the Let, fuck I was saying. <laughs> make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> anyway, but here, first of all, is a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. This week, you gotta add some more layers, man. Like Code November would say, it's all about the layers, bro. Lasers. Oh, is that what he says? Yes. Oh, okay. it's all about the lasers. My bad. And sharks with freaking lasers in their freaking heads. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. We're happy to be sitting here. 
Yo. Jump it into it. As we said before, yeah, we're kind of going to be intermittent probably every other week until after the holidays because things are just a wild uh, around these parts. Yeah. Right? Work. Family. Right. Work. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. See, if we did this for a full-time job, we wouldn't have to worry about shit like that. I know. We can drop an episode every day. Yeah, every day. Multiple episodes every day. Right. Like We come what? on at prime time. We'd be on our own show. Yeah, we. I'm, yeah, like TV. You mean you know? Yeah, I yeah, get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, right after like Regis and Kelly, but instead we're <laughs> we're here, we're here. I don't think Regis is around anymore. I don't think so. He was on American Singer though. But was he? Yeah, or not American? Uh, the the Mass Singer. Sorry, the Mass Singer. So he is alive still. Yes. Oh, I think. <laughs> Oops. Unless it was an old episode. <laughs> My bad, Regis. <laughs> Hopefully, you're doing well, friend. I hope so. All right, so let's talk about this, Sir Walter Raleigh made an attempt to build the first permanent English colony in North America with the foundings of the Roanoke Colony, right? Yeah. Supposedly. 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 Particularly. <laughs> St. John's, Newfoundland was temporarily claimed by the English, shocker, under Sir Humphrey Gilbert in 1583 as the first English province in North America under the authority of Queen Elizabeth I. But Gilbert perished at sea on his way back to England. Oh, that's unfortunate. Right. Poor Gilbert. Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Godfrey. Oh. I wonder what he's eating. <laughs> I wonder what's eating him. <laughs> so Ralph Lane, the governor, um, established the Roanoke Colony in 1585 on Roanoke Island in what is now Dare County in North Carolina. Yeah. It's right here in the States for all of you people who, or, or those that just don't know. <laughs> I mean, there, there could be people, <laughs> yeah. all right, over there? Yeah. yeah. Sucked it a little bit of air. Yeah. It was a little rough. So lack of supplies and strained ties with the local Native Americans plagued Lane's colony. In 1586, Lane abandoned the colony and traveled back to England with Sir Francis Drake while he awaited a postponed resupply trip by Sir Richard Grenville. Lots of sirs. I mean, they are Englishmen. Yeah, but uh, so am I, kind of, and I'm not a sir. Well, you haven't been knighted yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I wonder if I'm ever going to get knighted. I mean, maybe. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I'll dress up as Queen Elizabeth and knight you. Well, she did. Oh, Mem- yeah. Remember, she, yeah, now yeah. it's, uh, now it's, uh, Prince, whatever, King. It's Charles now. Charles. Right? King Charles. Please don't look at my ears. I look like a Ford coming at you with its doors open. <laughs> <laughs> so two weeks later, Grenville arrived and, uh, left for, uh, for home as well, uh, leaving a small continent to defend Raleigh's claim. Okay. Yeah. So we got this. Yeah. Yeah. After the 1585 settlement failed, John White led a second expedition that arrived on the same island in 1587 and established a new settlement. That's where Pocahontas is. Ooh. Is it? No. I was just saying John White. Do you hear that she's, like, actually way younger than what they kind of like? Of course. And ew. Yep, of course. <laughs> and ew. Yep. Anyway. All with carrying a baby on her back. Yeah. He had been tasked by uh, Sir Walter Raleigh with founding the city of Raleigh on Chesapeake Bay. And it's C-I-T-T-I-E, which is amazing. The city. The city of Raleigh. 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 It's Raleigh. Yeah, anyway. The following inexplicable disappearance of its populace led to the endeavor becoming known as the Lost Colony. Hey, Logan. Hi. How are you? I'm great. You know what I love? Me. Of course. And I love beer. Oh, my God, same. Yeah? Yeah. And I love craft beer. Yes. And there's nothing better than a good craft beer, especially when you're trying something new from different breweries and whatnot. Of course. It's awesome. And guess what? What? Our listeners can now sign up 
for the Craft Beer Club. No way. Yeah, buddy. And right now, you can go to our website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, click on Sponsor Deals, and in there, you're going to find yourself a chance to save $30 off of 12 shipments of 12 beers per shipment. Wow. Yeah. Or save $60 off of 12 shipments of 24 beers per shipment. That's a whole case. That's a lot. It's a lot of beer. That's good. A lot of good beer. Plus, guess what? What? Free shipping. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Craft Beer Club. I mean, I'm in. I'm already signing up. Right? Right. We should totally do that. And we want you to sign up as well. So get on over to our website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, and get yourself some beer. Speaking of, where's my beer? White and his colonists were ordered to stay on Roanoke by flagship pilot Simon Fernandez during a stop to check on Grenville soldiers. With Fernandez by his side, White returned to England with plans to return to Roanoke with fresh supplies for his colony in 1588. A lot of back and forth. Yeah, that seems like a very long time to be going back for. Isn't that like a six-month voyage? I, I would assume back then. Like It wasn't like a three-hour tour. <laughs> no? I, no. 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 Get, it's Gilligan. Gilligan's Island? Like that old-ass show where they get stuck on an island? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, I, I would assume it probably took a, a very long time to get back and forth. So, unfortunately, White didn't return to Roanoke until 1590, two years after he actually was supposed to, due to the Anglo-Spanish War. And when he did, he discovered the town to be defended, but deserted. Ooh. 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 I was trying to build for the suspense on that. Everyone's like, he missed the button, didn't he? No, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. So White deduced from the mysteriously carved word Croatoan that uh, found in the wall um, that the colonists had moved to Croatoan Island, right? Krakatoa. It's not Krakatoa. Oh. Krakatoa. Krakatoa? <laughs> Unfortunately, rough seas and a lost anchor prompted the team to return to England before White could even talk about this craziness. So you, there was no real form of communication. Yeah, you, you know, gotta wait two years. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I, they'll be all right. They'll see our smoke <laughs> signals. <laughs> they'll be fine, right? <laughs> SOS. So the roughly 112 to 121 colonists' whereabouts are still a mystery. Um, writings from 1605 contain theories that uh, they had merged with local Native American groups, right? Nice. Which kind of makes sense. Yes, yes. However, no concrete evidence was found in the Jamestown col- uh, colonists' investigations. Okay. Despite allegations that the Roanoke colony had been slaughtered, mm-hmm, and tales of European white folk instead of uh, in, in Native Amer- or inside Native American, you know, um, settlements here, like merging in. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there there was talk. So that's the thing right now. I mean, and as we go through this, we'll kind of like dissect it a little bit. But no one really knows, right? So there's belief that they just up and moved because of lack of supplies. They believe that they up and merged with Native American. Uh, a Native American tribe. Don't you think they would have, like, still had some people there who didn't want to hang out with the Native Americans? Well, or, or they, maybe. Or if they were slaughtered, you would see the aftermath of the slaughter. It's not like Native Americans are like, oh, here's some bleach. Let's get rid of the stains. Chase. You, you see, know what I mean? Yeah, all, all, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's just a lot of, in, in, uh, like, uh, discrepancies, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. Discrepancies. The subject lost popularity until George Bancroft's account of the events were published in A History of the United States in 1834. The public's interest was piqued by Bancroft's portrayal of the colonists, notably White's infant daughter, 
Virginia Dare. You probably heard that name out there. It sounds familiar, right? A little bit. Who was depicted as a keystone of American culture. Okay. Despite the this resurgence of interest, archaeological evidence explaining the colonists' disappearance never been found. Hmm. We ain't saying she. Damn. Yeah. On a chart from 1529, Verrazano Sea was shown to stretch from the North Atlantic to the Outer Banks. Ooh. Yeah, so it's very wide. Is it now? Or long, depending on which way you turn the chart. <laughs> <laughs> Giovanni de Verrazano first saw the Outer Banks in 1524, mistaking Pamlico Sound for the Pacific Ocean and coming uh, to the incorrect conclusion that the barrier islands were in an isthmus. Interesting. Yeah. How do you, it just seems like back then everybody was confused about everywhere. Oh, it is body of water reminds me of the well, they were. Ocean. They were. The only th- time things got mapped is when somebody made it there. Right. And then you were lucky if that map that was created by someone made it back so they can actually like duplicate it or something. True, true. You know what I mean? So you were you were pretty much asked out back then. I figured, you know, time would have been a, a good key thing to keep in mind like oh it only took us six days to get to this place instead of 45 right you know what i mean yeah maybe oh yeah they they drank a lot true that yeah true you know that. Me? i mean who was it uh christopher columbus used to bang uh what are those uh, those, those see not seeing enemies what are those damn things called manatees manatees yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and alpacas that's where we have a <clears throat> certain venereal diseases from oh yeah supposedly Allegedly. 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 Right. He allegedly fucked an ostrich. <laughs> it sounds to me like he was begging anything with a heartbeat. <laughs> so um, he mentioned his findings to uh, find, uh, to King Francis I of France and King Henry VIII of England, who both disregarded the possibility of a shortcut to China. Ah. They're like, mm-mm. 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 We made that mistake once. and Yeah. And don't you know the earth is flat? Yeah, I don't want to fall off, bro. You're going to fall off the edge, bro. Right. Yeah, so Queen Elizabeth the first, um, the first here, gave a Sir Humphrey Gilbert permission in 1578 to explore and settle areas, quote, unclaimed by Christian kingdoms. Ooh, so you go on out there as long as it wasn't, you know, part of the Christian community, I guess. What wasn't owned by them at that time? What they were looking for. Ah. Remember, they were trying to find every single bit of land they could to claim it as their own. Yes. They wanted it all. I wonder how they claimed that shit back then. Did they just put a flag in the ground, or did they piss everywhere, or did they just start building and killing people? I'm going to say all of that. All in one just fell swoop? Just, 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 and then just piss, bang, build. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what I imagine. Both bangs. Yeah. Both bangs. Correct. Yes. yes. In Ireland's Munster region in the early 1570s, Gilbert had assisted in putting an end to the first of the Desmond Rebellions. The Desmond Rebellions were, brace yourself, Uh-oh. ready? Uh-oh. Rebellions by the Earl of Desmond. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. I know, it's kind of wild, right? Yeah. So anyway, he was the head <laughs> of the Fitzmaurice Fitzgerald dynasty in Munster. Uh-huh. He and his followers, the Geraldines, and their allies fought against the threat of the extension of the English government over the Irish province of Munster. I love that cheese. It stinks. Munster? Yeah. No, it's not. Munster's stinky. No, it isn't. That's the one with like the little orange like siding on it, and it's yeah. like it's like creamy but stringy. N- no, that's not that's that's monster. No, that's what I put on my sandwiches, bro. Monster has got the 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 red thing on the outside of it. Yeah, like reddish orange, whatever. Yeah, I don't think it stinks. I think it smells good. It smells like feet. No, see what smells like feet is that stinky cheese, that Lindberger cheese. Ugh, that's real bad too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So here I thought it uh, was, you know, Munster, as we're talking, was uh, Lily and Herman fighting over their stinky cheese. <laughs> Get it? The Munster? Come on, Jack. Come, come on. I'm trying here. So Gilbert believed the queen had granted him rights to the New World land. In other words, it's mine, right? Everything's mine. Right. Uh, well, north of Spanish Florida, despite the charter's, you know, ambiguous words here. So Gilbert's half-brother, Sir Walter Raleigh, and brother Adrian Gilbert received equal shares of the accord after Gilbert's death in 1583. Ah. Geographical, um, geographical experts expected to someday discover the long-sought Northwest Passage to Asia in Newfoundland and everything north. Ooh. And Adrian's charter gave him the map to these areas. Oh, did he now? It's big shit back then. Mm-hmm. Big shit popping. Mm-hmm. Little thing stopping, little, little 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 shit dropping, right or popping? I don't know how it goes. I don't remember. Ti yeah, does a lot of weird stuff. Big shit popping. Little, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember how. I thought it, goes. it was little shit stopping. Maybe I yeah, don't know because he's putting an end to little shit because big shit's popping. Big shit popping. Stinky cheese stopping. Right. <laughs> That's a better one. I like that one much better. So even though Spain had already established many claims, Raleigh was given the southern regions. However, Richard Hacklett had already noticed Verrazano's isthmus, remember, because he was he was seeing his little spot that he saw, the stretch over there by the, uh, we were talking about earlier, if you turn it sideways, it looks different. How does Santa Claus have anything to do with that? Because he does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which lay inside, not Christmas, <laughs> isthmus. And it sounds like you're saying it in a, with a isthmus. Yeah, right. <laughs> which, which is actually inside of Raleigh's claim. And he was pushing for England to take advantage of the situation. So, in other words, yes, you may have found this, but guess what? I I claimed it. Yeah. So, your little puddle or sea or whatever you want to call it, that's inside my shit. Oh. So, guess what? Mine? (laughs) There's a lot of that going on in this whole thing. So, Raleigh was given an ultimatum. He had until 1591 to create a colony according to the terms of his charter, which was issued on March 25th of 1584. Ooh. To, quote... Have, keep, inhabit, and enjoy such remote heathen and barbarous lands, countries, and territory. <laughs> heathen and barbarous. They threw those words around so much back then. I mean, it's pretty spectacular words. I just, just how they, what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You heathen. Yes. Well, they were just thinking that the Native Americans were, you know, just barbarous and heathens. and mm, Much like the yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Raleigh was supposed to set up a base to dispatch privateers on raids against the Spanish treasure fleets. Instead, he got drunk off spoiled milk and rotten radishes, a delicacy of the time, which led him to hallucinate extensively and kill and dismember his entire crew. Which, of course, is complete bullshit, and I hope someone out there believed that. You almost had me there, dude. <laughs> I was like, no fucking shit. That's how you sell it, son. I mean, I, I, I can see it as possible. I mean, you never know. You know what I mean? My, Back then, it sounded legit when I was even saying it. I was just going to question the whole, like, survivors thing, because how was that even, like, found out about if there wasn't any survivors? You know what I mean? I think it's all speculatory. Mm. Speculatory. Kind of want some spoiled milk and beet juice. Mm, it's good. Mm. Radish. Juice. Oh, radish. Yes, radish, yes, radish, yes radish. It's, it's delicacy. Let's not stray off the beaten path here. <laughs> so no, instead, Raleigh was given extensive authority, yet he was not allowed to leave the Queen's side. Okay? As a result, he did not personally lead expeditions to the Americas. Instead, he gave his friends command of the missions and managed uh, everything from London. You know, like the lazy, drunken bugger he was. Oh, yes. And look at my smoke signals from way over yonder. So Raleigh... 
I do believe I'm going to give you all the power to do everything you want to do and take over everything that is not Christian land. Oh, <laughs> Queen, I'm so excited. When do I leave? Oh, you don't. <laughs> You're going to sit right next to me and fluff my hair. <laughs> anyway, something like that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Raleigh set up an expedition to investigate his claim right away. Okay, again, he's setting these up, and they're going out to do it for him. Got you. The fleet set out from England on April 27th, 1584, and there were two barks, or ships with three masts. Okay. Yes, you're learning something new. Yes, three masts. What do they call it when it has four? A bark plus one. <laughs> Parkour. <laughs> but it's bark, B-A-R-Q-U-E-S. Nice, nice, nice. Then again, it could be barkets. Barquez. Barquez. I am driving my barquois. Hamburger. <laughs> so anyway, these two bark, barks or bark, whatever, in the fleet. Okay. Uh, Philip Amadas was in charge of the larger one with Simon Fernandez serving as the pilot, while author, um, Arthur Barlow was in charge of the smaller one. Although there are hints that Thomas Harriet and John White might have joined the expedition, there's actually no records that even prove that they did. Really? Yeah. It's If you look at certain things, it's almost like they just kind of popped up hmm. weird right or maybe they were stowaways or maybe they aren't actually real people because john white does seem like a pretty similar name you know what i mean yeah i mean it's a pretty generic name too yeah, it's like john smith yeah. who killed all these people uh, it, it was um J J john 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 white yeah <laughs> it's a little white lie but see anything more that's who did it <laughs> So the mission followed a typical transatlantic path by setting sail to catch the trade winds, whisking them westward to the uh, westward westward to the West Indies, where they collected fresh water. Oh, nice! The two ships continued to sail north until they discovered land at what is now known as Cape Fear in North Carolina on July fourth. Huh. Yes, they feared the Cape. That's right. You ever seen that movie Cape Fear, by the way? With uh, that sounds familiar. Robert De Niro, where he gets out, of, like he's in prison and gets out, and he's just like freaking crazy oh no i don't think i've seen that it's pretty wild is it yeah is it yeah. pretty wild you know yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i don't know <laughs> on july 13th the fleet arrived at an inlet to the north of hatterask island given the name port fernando in honor of course of the pilot fernandez who discovered it fernando right good thing his name wasn't tate crusher or something right <laughs> Jeez. kids you want to go to tate crusher north carolina <laughs> oh, anyway Ooh, I miss being here. Anyway, <laughs> so Native Americans in the area had probably met or at least seen European explorers from earlier missions. Because remember, they weren't like just the first ones to go there. Right. They were just set on these missions to actually set up colonies. Right, right. So people probably dropped off all kinds of, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. So true. I'm just saying. Hey, Logan. What's up? Hey. Hi. Do me a favor. Okay. Smell me. Wait, what? Just smell me. Okay. Yeah, smell that. Yeah, it smells good, doesn't it? It does. Because that's Dr. Squatch. Oh, really? Of course. It's the best soap, and we talk about Dr. Squatch all the time on the show. And guess what? What? Our listeners right now can actually save 20% off of orders of $20 or more on their first purchase. No way. Yeah. They can try it out. If you haven't tried out Dr. Squatch, what are you waiting for? You can literally save 20%. Just go to the midnighttrainpodcast.com, click on Sponsor Deals, Scroll down a little bit and uh, click on that banner, the Dr. Squatch banner. You'll see it. And, uh, yeah, I smell pretty good, don't I? Yeah, you smell great. Yeah, thank God I showered today. Thankfully. Roanoke Island and the mainland between Albemarle Sound, Albemarle? <laughs> Albemarle Sound 
and the Pamlico River were under the ownership of the Sekatan. Uh, I'm going to fuck these names up so much today. And I actually like went through and researched. I'm still going to screw it up mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's me, Sekatan. That's who it is. Who, uh, who is a tribe there who quickly made contact with the English and developed cordial ties with them. Okay. Then there's this. Uh, I'm really hoping his name was Wingina. It's Wingina. Or Wingina, because if not, it looks like Wingina. <laughs> and then if you think about the Europeans with their W's and the V, his name's Vingina. Where the cold wind blows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's Wingina or, or Wingina. Yeah. Wingina. That sounds. It's my co-pilot, Wingina. <laughs> it's my Wingina man. <laughs> he was the Secatan leader and had recently been wounded in battle with the Pemlico. So his brother, uh, oh my God, Grenjin, Grenjiniamio, Grenganamio, Grenganamio, Grenganamio. I'm going to say, I don't know, it starts with a G, folks, whatever. Anyway, he, uh, he stood in for the tribe, okay, because, um, you know, um, when Gina was, or Wingana was hurt, okay? So Amadis and Barlow, remember the guys who had their own ships and whatnot, yeah. praised Roanoke's strategic location and the tribe's hospitality upon their return to England in the fall of uh, 1584. Uh, one cheese, a Secatan, and Manteo, a Cro- uh, Croatan, <laughs> whose mother was the chieftain of Croatoan, uh, Croatoan Island, were two locals that they actually brought back with them. So they took them back to England. Gotcha. Yeah, so they're, 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 you know, they're, they're trying to make, you know... Friends, friends with each other. Yes. You know, I'm just saying. Or they're just bringing them back so they can find out all the secrets so they can hopefully stake claim. Yes. <coughs> well, anyways. Anyways. Yeah. Well, well yeah, yeah. although Raleigh may have embellished these descriptions, the expedition's reports painted the area as a lovely and abundant environment, alluding to the Golden Age and Garden of Eden. So many apples and so many snakes. Maybe. Because he could have been full of shit. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but then again, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth was pleased with Raleigh's finding. She named the territory given to Raleigh Virginia and hailed him as Knight Lord and Governor of Virginia during a ceremony to knight him in 1585. That's a fucking amazing title. Yeah, yeah. Knight Lord and Governor of Virginia. Yeah, the Governor of Virginia, but the Knight Lord. Knight Lord. You He's would... the Knight Man. <laughs> you... You are Lord of Night. The Night. You are Batman. <laughs> Maybe. Sir Walter Raleigh then went in search of financiers, some people to help, you know, support the, the, the new colony. Now, a little known fact, Virginia, okay, was named after Queen Elizabeth's vagina. That actually makes a lot of sense. Of course, being the braggadocious queen she was, she wanted everyone to think of her bushy love tunnel whenever they set foot on that land. And it's pretty remarkable, if you ask me. Did you just say braggadocious? Yeah, she was quite braggadocious. Is that an actual fucking word? Yes. It's a yes. It's a real, real word. Braggadocious. Braggadocious. That sounds like something in Willy Wonka's fucking chocolate factory. <laughs> Don't eat the braggadocious. <laughs> you might regret it later. <laughs> These braggadocious taste braggy. <laughs> anyway, of course you didn't ask that, and it's completely ridiculous. She was clean shaven from her head to her toe. Moving on. <laughs> Raleigh envisioned a predominantly military setup uh, centered on resource exploration and assessment for the first colony in Virginia. Okay? 600 men were dispatched on the expedition instead of the anticipated 69. So initially, they only wanted to send, like, uh, like literally, like, less than 70 people. Mm. And then they bring back, you know, some natives, mm-hmm. and she's all like, ah, send more. 
You know, I don't I, It's just weird to me, I guess. Well, I'm, we I'm, just move our country and put it over there. Right. With around half intending to stay at the settlement and followed by a second group of knuckleheads later. So although Sir Richard Grenville, um, a commander of the fleet, served as the mission's overall commander, Ralph Lane was named the colony's governor, and Philip Amadas, we talked about him earlier, mm-hmm. served as admirable. Ad- admiral, not admirable. He's an admirable am- admiral. Roger, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> What's your victor, vector? Or vector, victor? Whatever. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. So uh, Joachim Gans, a metallurgist, Thomas Harriet, a chemist, and uh, John White, an artist, were also among the uh, civilian participants. The ship also carried Monteo and Juan Chis, okay, who traveled back to the United States after a disappointing trip to England where they never got a chance to see Stonehenge. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's the only reason why they even went. All right. They were like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to go and see the vagina of the world. Yeah, and if you would like to listen about Stonehenge, um, go back and listen to it. Yes, <laughs> we talk a lot about the vagina of the world. Yes, the vagina. The vagina of the world. The wingina. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a lot of that going on today. <laughs> So seven ships made up this magnificent fleet. The Gallius Tiger, which served as Greenville's or Grenville's flagship and was piloted by Fernandez, like we talked, Fernandez. a.k.a. Tank Crusher. The Flyboat Roebuck, which John Clark commanded. The Red Lion, which was George Raymond's. The Smooth Elizabeth, which was Thomas Cavendish's. The Dorothy, which served as Raleigh's private vessel and may have been commanded by Arthur Barlow and two small, less critical fuckers. Hmm. The smooth Elizabeth I made up. Sorry, just had to do that. Because she's a smooth Elizabeth. Because, you know, because, anyway, moving on. Because she's smooth from the head. That's the right. Yeah. Head down to a toe. <laughs> <laughs> so the fleet sailed out of uh, Plymouth on April 9th, 1585, and traveled through the Bay of Biscay toward the south. Unfortunately, one of the unimportant fuckers, you know, the little ships, was sunk, and Tiger was separated from the rest of the fleet by a violent storm off the coast uh, coast of Portugal. Fucking tank crusher. Mm. He had one job. One job. Oh, yeah. Come on, Fernandez. (laughs) Fernando. Fernando. Thankfully, Fernandez uh, had suggested a strategy for just this type of situation. Oh, smart man. Yep, in which the ships would uh, collide at uh, Moscatal on the south south coast of Puerto Rico. And by collide, I mean they would meet up, is what that is. No, they were pump uglies. Yeah, they would just, just, hey, there's our friend. Ram him. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So Tiger traveled alone and quickly toward the Caribbean, uh, Caribbean, reaching the meeting place on May 11th before the other ships where the uh, tank crusher got a gnarly tattoo of a tiger crushing a man's tank. <laughs> hey, listen, we weren't there. You can't say it didn't happen. 100%. Right? 100%. Grenville created a base camp where his crew could relax and defend themselves from Spanish forces while he awaited the fleet. Okay? Because, you know, Spaniards could pop up there anytime, man. True, true, true. The chance allowed Lane's soldiers to, uh, you know, train to construct the defenses required of the, the new colony. So, you know, Gonna, we're going to work on this. Cool, yeah. The crew began building a new ship by sawing local lumber, forging nails, and replacing the lost little fucker from earlier. Mm. On May 19th, not long after the fort and pier were finished, Elizabeth arrived smooth as a bowling ball and ready to party. <laughs> no, but she actually did. She came over. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the fleet was never able to reach Moscatal. 20 uh, 20 crew members were sent ashore by the captain of one of the ships when it ran out of supplies and found some trouble near Jamaica. Oh, no. Yeah. Roebuck, Red Lion, and Dorothy eventually made it to the Outer Banks and arrived there by mid-June. 
Red Lion left around 30 men on Croatoan Croato <laughs> Croato Island and sailed to Newfoundland to engage in privateering. Oh, nice. Yes, we're going to be privateers. What does that mean? We're going to sit around and touch our privates. <coughs> what, do you, do, do you want to come? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> yes, that's why I'm going with you. Um, so meanwhile, Grenville um, uh, contacted the Spanish re uh, regional authorities okay, to secure more. They want more supplies. Yeah. Grenville and his ships abandoned the makeshift fort because they believed the Spanish would come after them shortly, you know, after failing to deliver the promised supplies. In other words, they're like, y'all, <laughs> we're going to get fucked up if we don't get out of here mm -hmm. or do something. Hey, Logan. Hi. How's it going? It's great. Good. You're a nerd, right? Uh, yeah. Good. Me too. And you use wise cameras in your home, right? I sure do. Awesome. And Wise is full HD. Oh, yeah. Their cameras. Great quality. Beautiful. Far less expensive than some of those other brands. Of course. And they they work, bottom line. Of course. Yeah. Right? And you can access it from your phone. You can do all those things, right? You can... Everything. You can see everything. I can see everything. That's amazing. And guess what, passenger? You can actually save up to 50% on smart home tech with Wise's fifth anniversary sale. All right? So just get on over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com. Click on Sponsor Deals. And then you will see that little banner down there for Wise Cameras and all their tech. Because it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. And you don't have to break the bank to be safe. So in the Mona um, passage, uh, Grenville added two Spanish ships to his squadron. Right? Mine? <laughs> That's right. He took them. Those are mine. One of these ships was used by Lane to sail to Salinas Bay, where he ambushed Spanish salt piles and captured them. Mine? Again? Mm-hmm. Once more, Lane erected defenses to keep his soldiers safe as they loaded salt into the ship. The Spanish then suspended hostilities, okay, calmed it down, to conduct business with the heavily armed English fleet as Grenville's ships headed to uh, La Isabella. Oh, La Isabella. La Isabella. Grenville left Hispaniola uh, on uh, June 7th and continued to the Outer Banks. So, went in there. Fucked up some Spanish shit, took their salt, and Spanish is like, okay, they just fucked our shit up. Let's be friends. <laughs> you can have the salt. Yes, now you can be salty as well. Yes. <laughs> so on June 26th, the fleet passed through an inlet on Wakakon Island. Wakakon. <laughs> I was doing Shakakon. Uh, which is close to uh, present day, uh, oh boy, Okakoke. Uh, no, that's Acrocoke. That's Okakoke. That's Acrocoke. No, that's how you get a really good meal, but also get really high really fast. You just throw your Coke in with your okra, call it a day. You pickle your okra with okra. <laughs> <laughs> you good over there? <laughs> I mean, it looks like it says okra Coke. Yeah. So I, I honestly believed you for a second. <laughs> I was like, is it really uh, okra Coke? Okra Coke. But I think it's uh, okra Coke. No, you got to say it fast. Okra Coke? Okra Coke. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> unfortunately, most of the food supplies were destroyed when Tiger hit a shoal, almost totaling the ship. Yikes. Mm -hmm. There are hints that Grenville's fleet was meant to spend the winter with the new colony, possibly to use it as a base for privateering, giggity, right away. That, however, was impossible because of the Tiger's wreck. So it wrecked and fucked a bunch of shit up, right? Oh, yeah. The remaining provisions could not support the settlement size, uh, the size of the settlement that had actually, you know, that they thought Cool, yeah. So, I mean, you've got a ship that has all this on it, and then it goes down, mm -hmm. and you're all just kind of sitting there going, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
plus you're in a new place where you don't even know what the hell you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? You you you've got yeah, you've got these tribes people or whatever, but you don't know them. Right. You know what I mean? They could turn around and I don't know, use you as canoe leather. Hmm, I wonder if that's really I mean, you usable. never know. You never why not? I mean I mean gotta make those canoes somehow. They were really pale though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, furthermore, the Outer Banks' shallow inlets rendered the area unsuitable for a base to support huge ships. So, in other words, it's too shallow, so they couldn't even get close enough if they wanted to deliver the shit. Just throw it over the side, grab it, <laughs> fucking, you'll be all right. Hey! I'm gonna throw you the corn! How? One kernel at a time! <laughs> when for you? That's gonna take all day! Are you fucking hungry or not? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. This is really like, a, it's just crazy that any of this took place because if you think about it, it had to have taken place, at least the um, the underlying, you know, them colonies and stuff for us to literally be here. Right. You know what I mean? It just amazes me that they actually allowed Elizabeth to come on over, you know? It was kind of, kind of worried. Well, you know, she probably had Walter Raleigh with her and... He was probably trimming her bush. <laughs> probably, yes, yes, probably. You're you're perfectly smooth now, ma'am. Anyway, so so finding a uh, a a better harbor now would be the priority of the colony, okay? Because they got to get that you know all those uh, supplies and stuff, right? So Tiger continued to port Taint Crusher with the rest of the fleet after repairs, where they met Roebuck and Dorothy. This likely is when uh, Red Lion found the men it had left behind. Mm. Remember, they initially left guys up there like. You guys stay here, but why? Because we might not be back. What? <laughs> no, we'll be right back is what I said. Anyway, so John Arundel took control of one of the faster uh, ships on August 5th and sailed for England to report the expedition's triumphant success. Yeah, it sounds really successful, I guess. Awful, awful positive there, aren't you, Bob? So the colony would support significantly fewer residents than initially anticipated due to the loss of the supplies from the Tiger. To accomplish the colony's goals until another fleet slated to, uh, you know, head out from England in June of 1585, um, you know, basically they're going to be bringing a second wave of colonists and supplies with them, right? And we mentioned that earlier. Grenville decided that, um, you know, only roughly 100 of his colonists would stay. Oh. Okay? And stay with with Lane. Remember Lane we talked about? Yes, yes, yes. This expedition had been rerouted to Newfoundland to warn fishing fleets that the Spanish, mm-hmm. those those guys, oh, no. had started taking English commercial vessels in retaliation for raids by English privateers. Probably all the masturbation just upset them. Still, Grenville had no fucking clue about any of this. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Lane's colony would rely heavily on the uh, he- heavenly? Heavenly. heavily on the uh, locals' kindness until a resupply trip could be organized. And from what uh, everything I've read, the 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 locals, the the tribesmen and tribespeople were awesome. Yeah. I mean, of course, you probably had your you know, like the one guy in the back, mm-hmm. a little younger, looking over there, going, "Why are they so pale?" You know, don't like them. You know what I mean? And just walking away. How oh, white devil. Yeah, you know what I mean? Esquetu <laughs> Ocha. What what does that mean? White devil. He call you white devil. Esquetu Ocha, Esquetu Ocha. He say white devil. So I know what he said. Sorry. Anyway. Chicago. Yeah, can we stop saying that? Chicago. Shishini. 
Anyway, drink up, fuckers. And if you're new, if you're new here and you may be, we do a little drinking game where anytime we quote a movie or TV show, uh, yeah, you got to drink. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, I'm going to go ahead and you, you talk real quick, buddy. I'm watching you take a nice quick tug of that fine beverage. It is Slay All Day IPA with spruce tips from uh, Masthead right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Sometimes all you need is a tip. Yep. Just the tip of the spruce. I don't know when what that even meant. <laughs> anyway, so he had no idea about this, right? And luckily, like, the locals were actually pretty cool. So Grinville planned a trip to investigate. Um, oh, here goes with these words. Aquascogic. I feel like I kind of got that. Sure. Aquascogic. Aquascogic. It's aqua cognac. Aqua socks. <laughs> aqua socks. <laughs> anyway, the sound... And the Secatan uh, settlements of Pamlico and Secatan where, uh, while the Tiger was being repaired. Okay, the ship was being repaired. His party established contact with the natives, allowing Harriet and White to research Native American civilization thoroughly. All right, nice. so we're going to check it out. Although a large portion of the research did not survive the colony's evacuation in 1586, Harriet's um, thorough study of the Queen's vagina, I mean, I mean Virginia, uh, their populace, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I read that wrong, and their natural resources was published in 1588. And the 1590 edition also featured engravings of White's pictures. Oh. Yeah, so he was he was documenting a bunch of stuff. Well, good for him. So that's probably how a lot of this came back to be as far as, like, what, you know, yeah. what it looked like and stuff. But then again, he could have been, I don't know, on mushrooms and tripping balls, dude. I mean, I heard radishes are pretty good. Uh, radish tooth. Radish tooth. Yeah. Yes. So after this preliminary investigation, a lost silver cup was reported. This is... Really random and really weird. Oh, no. Trivial at best, Grenville set Amadas to take a detachment back to Aquascogic. Aquascogic. There it is. <laughs> to demand the recovery of the lost silver cup, since he thought it had actually been stolen. It was the Holy Grail. That'd be crazy. That'd be cray-cray. Why would he be carrying that around like it's nothing, though? Because he needs it to ensure safe travel. Otherwise, he might die. Then how the fuck did he lose it? It was one. <laughs> the English concluded that intense punishment was required to avoid appearing weak when the locals failed to produce the cup. So the people fled after Amadas uh, and his troops burned down the entire village and its crops. Over a, over a cup. Yes. It wasn't a cup. It was a chalice. It, it said cup. It was the Holy Grail. Anyway, come on, white folk. Do better. That's just horrible. I mean. Crazy. Like, burn down for a cup. Ugh. Gross. Don't touch my cup. <laughs> Mine? It had really good juice in it. But it's made of silver. Yes. You know, maybe that's, well, I don't know, maybe it was given to him from the queen for, I don't know, helping her with the bush. Anyway, so on August 25th of 1585, Grenville boarded the Tiger and sailed for England. Days later, in Bermuda, Grenville raided the Santa Maria de San Vicente, a giant Spanish ship that had become cut off from the rest of its fleet. The merchant ship Grenville brought back to England as a prize was filled with enough wealth to make the entire Roanoke village or voyage profitable, igniting interest in Raleigh's colonization aspirations in Queen Elizabeth's court. So in other words, he's going back, happens to stop off in Bermuda, seizes a giant Spanish ship that had been, you know, like kind of sailed off on its own, whether it got lost or whatever it was, mm -hmm. took it, mine, <laughs> And then it was filled with, like, all kinds, like, seriously, like, gold, silver, all this stuff, doubloons, I, I would assume, I don't know, back then, it, it could have been 
rubles. I don't. I don't know shekels. Yeah. Uh, what what is what is the one up in uh, loonies? Loonies. <laughs> loonies. So anyway, so all of a sudden now it's not. They're not uh, uh, supplies. Right. It's riches. Yes. Well, what's the queen more worried about? Riches. Exactly. So now they're like, woohoo! She's always wanted that golden underwear. Right. Yes. <laughs> Her chastity belt. <laughs> Ting! So they were pirates and not cool ones. Like uh, like shitty wig-wearing scrote sack pirates. Yeah. Yes. That kind. So on September 8th of 1585, the Roebuck departed Roanoke, taking one of the unimportant fuckers, the little ships, commanded by Amadas. Okay? Records show that 107 men out of the colony's total population of 108 stayed back with Lane. Ah, gotcha. Okay. One guy was like, nope. <laughs> I'm out this bitch. Yeah, he's like, uh-uh, I'm going home. We burnt down a village. We got to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, you guys created some bad juju over that fucking cup. By the way, here it is. <laughs> I had it in my pocket the whole time. I was using it as a spittoon leader. Yeah. Song. I actually polished it for you. You burnt that whole village down. <laughs> I tried sending you smoke signals. You didn't see them. Take your cup, dick. (laughs) So, however, historians debate whether White spent the winter at Roanoke despite not being listed among the colonists or traveling back to England with uh, Grenville. So, White, he'll come up, like, more prominently later. But it's so weird that they're not even sure how he got there or if he was even real. It's it's so weird. So bizarre. How bizarre. (laughs) How bizarre. (laughs) Bob Lazar. (laughs) So many colonists had enlisted in the mission to find gold and silver deposits, right? They were looking for silver and gold. However, these soldiers grew uh, very, you know, discouraged and believed the entire effort was a waste of their freaking time when they couldn't find shit. The English also investigated the source of the copper used by the local Native Americans, but they never managed to trace the metal back to its source, which is... is Are you all right? Yeah. (laughs) Which is weird because, like, either A... No, there is no A or whatever. Obviously, the natives were way smarter than them. Yes. You know, like they're building stuff out of copper. They're like, oh, uh, where, where did you find that? Looks up and I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I already did the last time with a silver cup. I ain't giving you my copper either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks up like, mine. <laughs> <laughs> to supplement their meager supplies, the colonists spent the autumn of 1585 buying corn from the nearby communities. So many colorful poops. Yes. Because that corn back then was, was probably... so colorful. Yes. Along with uh, venison, fish, and oysters, the colony reportedly found enough grain to last through the winter. Nice. However, <laughs> a thorough evaluation of the winter is impossible, all right, for us to kind of figure out because, you know, there really wasn't a ton of information about what happened to the colony between September 1585 and March 1586. Oh, yeah. So we don't really know, like, how bad the winter was... What all that they had, like okay, saying that they had enough. I mean, did they? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, true, true, true. Yeah, like you, I don't know. It's 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 pretty cray cray. Anyway, by October, the colonists had probably used up all of their English supplies, American grain, and most of their remaining food sources, adding to the men's low morale. Obviously, they're fucking hungry. Well, yeah, especially if it's 107 men, right? And they're just bummed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sitting around like. Should have went with the privateers. I could at least jerk off and be happy. <laughs> so Amadas traveled to um, Cape Henry and the James River during his wintertime explora- exploration of the Chesapeake Bay. His party reached the settlements of Haha Chesapeake and Skikoek mm, okay. on the Chesapeake while they were there. 
The English expected something like the affluent Inca and Aztec kingdoms that the Spanish found because the Secatans had characterized and basically talked about this <laughs> this uh, this little their their spot, which is uh, Skako, uh, Skakoak. Skako, no, damn it, I had it right the first time. Skakoak. Skakoak. There it is. Uh, and they, they basically the the natives of uh, Skakoak. They were claiming that it was like this huge, big metropolis. Oh. And so the English were like, oh, it's like the Incan masses and, and those buildings and those civilizations. And it was not. <laughs> Instead, uh, they discovered a little shithole of a town. However, he was impressed by the region's climate and the land. Oh. Yes. I think it's amazing, though, that everyone's like, no, man, we live in a great place. It's amazing. It's huge. Just get the fuck away from me. Yeah, it's, but it's huge. Like, you've got to come and check it out. And he's like, oh, sweet. And then you get there, it's like one hut and a bunch of teepees. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, man. In their exploration of the Virginia Territory, Harriet and Gans encountered uh, several Native American tribes and recorded their natural resources. Whites, uh, la Virginia, pa- ha, ha. Virginia Pars. <laughs> la Virginia Pars map. Ugh was created using the data that Harriet and uh, his assistants they that they gathered while they were out on their trip doing their thing. Goya. They really liked the plants with the weird leaves that smelled like skunk. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. They were really into that one. Yeah. Harriet remarked that each place the colonists visited immediately had a lethal epidemic. Oh, I wonder why. Mm. Which may have been influenza, smallpox, smallpox, <laughs> smallpox, or gonorrhoeosyphilates. Uh, yeah. Right, but yeah. scient- uh, 16th century science could not explain any of this craziness. Well, I can. <laughs> they brought it over and then banged everything. Everything. Some Secaton believed the plague was brought on by mystical forces the English had let loose. Herpes. Yes. Yes. When when Gina, when Gina, when Gina, sorry, bud became ill, his people were actually, they were unable to care for him. However, he healed, which is awesome, after asking the English for prayers. Oh. Yeah, buddy. When Gina was so impressed, or Wingana, damn it, was so impressed that he encouraged the colonists to distribute this ability to other suffering people. But this just accelerated the spread of all the disease. Yeah, because it was a damn silver cup, dude. Took a sip out of it, and he was like, I feel so much better Give this to the rest of my people. It was actually lead, probably, <laughs> with asbestos or something on it. Look at my silver cup. That's just silver in color. You know that, right? That's actually lead. That's poison. You're going to die. You know what I mean? Enjoy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so regarding a proposal to venture outside of Secaton territory and toward the mainland, Lane spoke with uh, uh, Pemesapan in March. Hmm. Pemesapan? Or Pem- Pemesapan. Pem- Pem- Pemesapan. Fuck. <laughs> I like that one. Pemisapan. <laughs> I'm just going to do it like that. Agreed with the plan and uh, informed Lane that 3,000 warriors had assembled at uh, Kromanoak and that the king of the uh, Chowanoak tribe, Menatanan, was consulting with his allies to organize an attack on the English. Oh, no. So they're fucking setting us up. They're rounding their horses and getting their shit ready to go. Get them all. Both sides were informed that the English would be arriving at the same time by Pemisapan. Who also informed Mananathanan of their impending arrival? I'm I'm not trying to at all be disrespectful in any way. These words, holy shit! Oh, and it gets worse. At uh, Croanoak, representatives of the Chowanok, Mangawak, Weapamok, and Moratok 
were present. <laughs> it's like the English words afterwards, like the regular ones, are just my brain hurts. <laughs> anyway, they were present when uh, when Lane's well aimed, uh, well well armed expedition actually arrived. Okay, so remember that. Yeah, the English they've got weapons and shit too. Yeah, Lane surprised them because they weren't preparing for an assault at the gathering. Ooh. Okay, uh, Menatanon. 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 It's melatonin. It's, that's what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, that'd be so much easier to say. Um, who uh, was quickly arrested, revealed to him that Pamesapon was the one who initially requested the council. So in other words, they walk in there, and all of a sudden, Lane goes, we're going to arrest you because we know you're setting something up. Right. But Menantanon mm-hmm. was like, mm-mm, that dude. Oh, no. By providing information on lucrative chances in countries the English had not yet uncovered, Menatanon soon won Lane's trust. Mm. All right, so he's kind of his buddy now. Okay. He warned Lane to bring a sizable force if he attempted to approach a wealthy and powerful monarch to the east, perhaps the ruler of the Pohatan. 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 Right. In addition, Menatanon, um, Menatanon, Menamana. Do, 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 do. It's monotonous. Yeah. Uh, confirmed reports that Lane had heard about a sea just beyond the mouth of the Roanoke River, thus validating English hopes of discovering a route to the Pacific Ocean. Uh-huh. Finally, Skiko, the chief's son, spoke of a region in the west known as Shawnee-Tumawatan. Tamatoan. 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 Which Lane speculated would uh, be rich in gold or copper. It's also a metropolis, too. Don't forget about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sitting around going, mm-hmm. you said this place was nice. So based on this knowledge, Lane envisioned a precise strategy in which his soldiers would split into two groups and move to Chesapeake Bay in two directions. One up the Chowan River and the other down the Atlantic coast. Huh. Okay. Getting her from both sides. Ooh. Finger cuffing it. You know what I'm saying? Shish Anyway. So uh, he postponed this endeavor until the colony acquired new supplies. Remember, their supplies are diminishing very quickly. Yes. Which Grenville had assured him would come by Easter. Instead, Skiko was sent back to Roanoke as a captive while Lane ransomed Menatonon. Jeez. He's a good buddy of mine. Yeah. How much money are you going to give me for him? Yeah. Like, what the f- He searched the Roanoke River for Shawnee Tamatan Tamatan. With 40 men for around 100 miles, okay, or 160 kilometers for all you smart folk. But all they discovered were deserted settlements and warriors waiting in ambush. <laughs> Lane had anticipated that the Moratuak would supply him with food as he traveled, but Pemesapon had told his people that the English were unfriendly and that the villagers should leave the river with their supplies. Nice. Yeah. So shortly after Easter... Lane and his group made their way back to the colony, half-starved, and they didn't get shit. Good. Okay? What you get? Rumors had been circulating that they had been killed during the absence, and Pemesapon had been prepared to remove the Sekaton from Roanoke Island and abandon the colony to starve. So in other words, they all thought that that group died, and that the one king or chief is going to come in, kick the other dude out, and then just take everything and say, fuck y'all, I'm out. Right. So, remember we said earlier that some there were some that didn't, they weren't fans. Nah. Eh. So, Grenville's res, uh, resupply fleet, which had yet, yet, had yet to depart from England. Nice. <laughs> it hadn't even left yet. 
Excellent. Uh, was nowhere to be seen. Pemesapan, or I don't know. I'm just going with that. Reportedly changed his mind about his preparations after learning that Lane had survived the Roanoke River mission because he was so shocked. Shooked. Right. Shocked. Shocked. What? Shooked. Shocked. Shook. Shocked a monkey. Rock the Casper. Yeah, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> An old member of uh, Pemasapan's uh, council named Insinor. That's easy enough. Insinor. Unless it's Insinor, but I doubt it. But maybe who? Man, I don't know anymore. That is just an interesting word. They're all just oh, whatever. So anyway, Ansonor argued on behalf of the English. Okay, saying basically got their backs. Later, a representative of Menta Menatanan informed Lane that Sir Walter Riley and Queen Elizabeth had vowed loyalty loyalty to the uh, we are we are we are whoa wait hold on yeah we are Pomiak we are Pomiak we are Pomiak. Oh. We are Pumyaka. We are good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the com- uh, the commander is Okisko of the We are Pum. Uh, we are Pum. We are Pumyak. I'm trying, man. This change in the original power dynamic further discouraged Pemesapan from preparing it, uh, to attack the colony. Instead, he instructed his people to plant crops and construct fishing wares. For the settlers. So, in other words, a bigger tribe, Queen Elizabeth and Sir Walter Raleigh, they hooked up with them. And then when this Pemesapon was like, I'm going to come in here and take all this shit and leave them whatever. And then they find out, oh, oh, oh wait, what? You're working with who? Oh. <laughs> oh, you know what? Hey, guys, do me a favor. Can you start building some shit for them? <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you. So, the new agreement between the English and Secatan was just temporary, okay? Go ahead. Insinor passed away on April 20th, robbing the colony of its final defender in Pemesapan's inner circle. Mm. After spending time with the English, Juan Cheese, who had advanced to the senior advisor position, believed they posed a threat. That's the dude that went to England with them and didn't get to see Stonehenge, and he's pissed off about it. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. The Secatan were uh, commanded by <sighs> Pemesapan. To leave Roanoke, okay? The fishing weirs were, uh, their fishing, all the shit for fishing was all destroyed, and they were also forbidden from selling food to the English, okay? In other words, you're on your own. Yeah. It left, um, if left to their own ways, the English would not have been able to, uh, to sustain the colony's food production. To hunt and beg for food on the mainland and the Outer Banks, Lane commanded his soldiers to divide into smaller groups. So he's actually sending them out to beg for food. That's what happens when you burn down a fucking building. Yeah, dick face. Yeah. You know what I mean? How's that silver cup doing for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, it tastes great. Your lead cup. <laughs> so Skiko, remember, this is who we're talking about earlier, remained um, held hostage by Lane. Okay, Lane seems kind of shitty, just being honest. Yeah, a little bit. Skiko tried to uphold his father's objective of preserving ties with the colony, even though Pemesapan uh, met with him frequently and thought he was sympathetic to the anti-English cause. Okay? He thought, dude, was fucked. English as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was all just a ruse to get information from Pemesapan. Pemesapan. Marzapan. So Skiko notified Lane that Pemesapan intended to host a war council meeting with several regional powers on June 10th. Ooh. A war council meeting. I want to go to one of those. There's a lot of dancing with wolves. <laughs> what? What? Do wolves dance? That's a movie. There's a bunch of war councils in the movie with Dances with Wolves. I've never seen it. You've never seen Dances with Wolves? Nope. How is it that I've seen one of the oldest movies I can possibly fucking think of off the top of my head? It was the 80s. It's not that old. I wasn't around. 
Is that what makes things old nowadays? I mean, for me, I haven't seen a lot of movies, and that was like one of the only... You know what? I know what else I found out, too, that nobody really knows is that movie Willow, that they're coming out with a brand new fucking TV series with on Disney+. Plus. It's a remake. Willow? The 88 movie? Yeah. What about it? It was a remake? No. Oh, you're talking about the new the thing. series is coming yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So people don't know that? No. That had um, what's our, our boy in it? Um, yeah, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, yeah. yeah Val Kilmer was in. You are great. Yeah, yeah. That, that movie scarred me for life. I loved that movie. Not when they transformed from the fucking weird pig-looking things. Well, shit scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> Squeal like a pig boy. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so basically, Skiko told him like, listen, this is what's going on, man. They're starting to do a war council. They're probably talking about coming to attack your ass. Mm-hmm. So Pemesipan was able to provide significant inducements to other tribes to join him in a last-ditch effort against the English thanks to the copper the Secatine had acquired by trading with the colony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Individual uh, we are, we are, we are, we are, Pamawaks. <laughs> that didn't work. Weepy, uh, whatever. Okay, and the weepy maki guys were uh, weepy moccasins. That works, right? <laughs> um, they were allowed to participate, but um, Oxico declined to take part. Okay, or Skiko, you know, same guy. Uh, the plan of attack called for ambushing Lane, okay, Silver Cup guy, and other essential leaders while they slept at the colony, followed by a broad assault on the remainder of the population. Based on all of this, Lane misinformed. <laughs> The Secatan that an English fleet had arrived to exert pressure on Pemasapan. He lied to mm. them. Mm. He's basically like afraid for his life. He's like, oh, yeah, well, my big brother's here. <laughs> right? They're going to be here. You guys don't want to mess with me. My dad will kick your dad's ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So Pemasapan assembled as many allies as he could for a meeting on May 31st at, oh, my God. Das Mangoapanka. Das, das Mangoapanka. <laughs> God bless you. I believe that's right, though. That's a mango ponka. That's a yeah. That's a mango ponka. That's that's a mango ponka. Yeah, yeah. That's a motherfucker. <laughs> After being forced to move up his timeable uh, timetable due to the potential arrival of English troops, right? So now, remember he was lied to. So Pemesapan's like, oh shit, right? You know what I mean? So then he put this whole thing and moved it up to May thirty first. Okay. So now Lane attacked the soldiers stationed at Roanoke that evening to stop them from warning the mainland the following morning. To negotiate uh, negotiate a secatan attempt to release Skiko, Lane, his top officers, and 25 men travel, traveled to Dasa motherfucker on June 1st. <laughs> Lane signaled for his men to launch an assault when they were allowed entry inside the council. After being shot... Oh, no. Pemesipan ran into the woods, but Lane's men pursued him and returned with his severed fucking head. Outside the fort of the colony, yep, they, uh, the head was put on a stick. They impaled it. <gasps> the old head on a stick trick works every time. And they're heathens and barbarous. Right, yes, exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. yes, that's a little, little, little gross there. So Lane convinced his men to leave the colony after the storm, and Drake agreed to transport them back to England. They were joined by Manteo and a friend named Tawaye. Three of Lane's colonists were uh, ab- uh, yeah, colonists were abandoned, and their whereabouts were unknown. So they have no fucking idea. Mm. People are just dropping like fucking flies right now. Unfortunate. It is completely unknown what happened to the slaves and refugees Drake intended to settle there because um, the colony was abandoned. Yeah, right, right. They were like slaves, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Like they ended up bringing like 
women and children and shit over too, and it just fuck all. Mm. You know, Mm-mm. the fact that they are not known to have traveled to England with the fleet suggests that Drake may have left them in Roanoke along with some of the supplies he had previously reserved for Lane. Finally, in July of 1586, Lane's colonists and Drake's ship uh, arrived in England. The colonists brought um, maize, maize, potatoes, oh, tobacco, nice, and emphysema to England when they first came. Fuck yeah! There you go, guys. That's that's. Check out this thing I got. It's so good. Wheeze. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's so good. Oh. Anyway, so days after um, uh, Drake departed, uh, you know the uh, the colony here. Uh, Raleigh sent a lone supply ship, which made its way to Roanoke. The team gave up after failing to uncover any signs of the colonists. Grenville's um, uh, relief fleet, carrying a year's supply of supplies and 400 additional troops, eventually arrived two weeks later. Oh, wow. It should have been forever ago. (laughs) Grenville conducted a thorough search and questioned three natives, one of whom ultimately provided a story about where they were. The fleet left a small group of 15 men behind as... Uh, it uh, as it made its way back to England to preserve the English presence and defend Raleigh's claim to Roanoke Island. Aha! You know, England. Fucking other people's shit up for fucking centuries. Mm-hmm. So they wanted it and they were taking it. The Croatan, uh, Croatan, Croatoan claimed, the, no, the Croatan, sorry, because that's the tribe, is yes. the Croatan. Yes. Croatoan is Croatoa, which is the, the past participle of the inverted angle of the dangle that's reversely proportionate to the heat of the meat. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. <laughs> that's how I feel. So anyway, they claimed that uh, that soon after Grenville's fleet departed, that the group was attacked by a coalition of mainland tribes. When two attackers approached the tent and requested to speak with two Englishmen without disdain, you know, hey, man, we just want to talk to you guys real quick. Right, right. While the other five were picking oysters away, they appeared to be unarmed. They oh. didn't seem to have any anything on them. Nice. Yeah, look at that. I don't know where they'd hide it with that little banana hammock that all they wear. You know what I mean? I'm kidding. Obviously, they had real clothes. So, um, an Englishman was killed by a Native American with a hidden wooden sword. Oh. Yes. Kind of like a really bad cosplayer. And the second Englishman escaping uh, escaped and warned uh, the other squad as another 28 attackers, these other tribes people, showed up. Nice. The troops were forced to use whatever weapons were available, um, spitting tobacco juice in their eyes, slapping them with fish bones, and just basically kicking them in the balls. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. This is all alleged. The indigenous perpetrators attacked with flaming arrows, setting fire to the home where the English kept their food supplies. Popcorn! <laughs> Sorry. The other nine retreated to the coast and left the island in their boat after a second Englishman was killed. Oof. They gathered up their four fellow countrymen when they were seen coming back from the creek and carried on into Port Fernando. The 13 survivors vanished without a freaking trace. They just wanted to be done and gone. They were gone. Well, I mean, just saying. Mm. I mean, like I said, man, those moccasins are awful pale, buddy. (laughs) Awful pale, man. You could have put a little tan on those, but nope. So Hawk Lut, Harriet, and White convinced Raleigh to try uh, again, despite the Lane Colony uh, bailing, you know, the fuck out here. Right. However, after the fighting between Lane's men and the Sekaton and the passing of Wingina, or Wingina, Roanoke Island would no longer be secure for English colonization because he thought the Pacific Coast was just beyond the studied parts of the Virginia domain. Okay? It was wrong. <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> right, wrong. Right, right. 
So Hacklut, or Hacklet, suggested Chesapeake Bay as the location for a new colony. A corporate charter to establish the city of Raleigh with White as the governor and 12 assistants was approved by Raleigh on January 7th of 1587. We talked about all this, so this is how that shit starts happening, right? Right, 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 right. So the three ships made up um, the expedition. So did you know that there was actually a colony that was already there that they disappeared prior to? Mm-mm. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Can't be stopped. <clears throat> Sorry. So um, the, uh, sorry here, uh, the flagship and uh, they they actually anchored at uh, Croatoan Island on uh, July 22nd. Um, White intended to take the the pinnace, which is a smaller ship, mm-hmm. the, the penis. The pinnick. P- pinnace. The pinnace. Pine ass. The pen 15. The pinache. The penal gland. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Where he would speak with the 15 men Grenville had stationed there. Then he would head on over to Chesapeake Bay. But instead, the sailors were told to leave the colonists on Roanoke. Oh. Yeah, just leave them there. It's fine. Allegedly by a gentleman on the flagship who seems to have been Fernandez. After he boarded the the, the, pinnac, the penis. The, the penis. <laughs> so, yes, old tank crusher over here. Huh. Basically was like... Just leave them there. Huh. They're, they're they're fine. Odd. A little bit. White's group discovered Lane's colony the following morning. The cottages were empty and covered in melons while the fort had been destroyed. Well, I wonder if they had any melancholy. God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Except for a few human bones that White thought, thought belonged to one of Grenville's men, Murdered by Native Americans. Ooh. There was no one indication other than that that Grenville's men had ever even been there. Hmm. Hey, what's that? Those bones look English. They're awfully pale. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, listen, I'm super pale. If you guys could only know, like my English heritage, I am pay. I cannot. I don't tan. I can't tan. I burn and then I go right back to translucent. That's me. Like, I could literally be a nightlight for somebody if they wanted me to. So. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't catch that, Gene. Yes. I just got all the other ones. Yes. Why are you... Anyway, so on July 25th, when the flyboat arrived, the colonists got off. Okay? <laughs> Shortly later, while alone in Albemarle Sound looking for crabs, colonist George Howe was slain by a native. Probably because his crabs were helping him get off. <laughs> get it? Get <laughs> it? With the aid of Manteo, White sent Stafford to mend fences with the Croatans. Okay? Yes. The Wanchese-led alliance of mainland tribes assaulted Grenville, uh, Grenville's forces, according to the Croatan. Okay? So he's saying this is what's happening. Right. This is what took place while mm-hmm. y'all motherfuckers were over there. Mm-hmm. Getting your crabs and... Right. Jerking off. Right. And being all weird and shit. Privateering and shit. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so the colonists tried to negotiate peace with the Croatans, but got no answer. White launched a preemptive attack on Dasamanka Baka Punka Punk. Fucking hell. <laughs> on August 9th, but the enemy had uh, fled the village, fearing retaliation for Howe's death. Remember, Howe just got killed. So. Yeah. And the English unintentionally attacked Croatan looters. Oh, yeah. Remember, they're trying to make peace with them. And then they. <sighs> boy. Well, they didn't have the fucking. They didn't have a flag. They didn't have a little, like, armband saying, Don't attack us. We, we, we are allies. They didn't have the red name tag over their, their head, so it was friendly fire the whole time. Is that a video game reference? Yeah, just, uh, you play Call of Duty? Come on, man. Yeah, I don't remember it, though. 
<laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, whatever. So Manteo once more improved the colonists and Cro- uh, Croatan ties, okay? So Manteo's kind of a, ba- a baller here. Yeah. Manteo was pu- uh, baptized and given the title Lord of Roanoke and Dasamangaponk for his contributions to the colony. I would change my name completely. Like, I'm sorry, what's my title again? <laughs> Lord of Roanoke and Dasamangaponk. <laughs> Could you imagine every time he has to introduce himself? It's at a party. Hello, I'm the Lord of Roanoke and Dasamangaponk. Right. Dasamangaponk. I'm Lord of Roanoke and Dasamotherfucker. <laughs> You're welcome. So Eleanor Dare gave birth to a daughter on August 18th, 1587, who was given the name Virginia in recognition of being the, quote, first Christian born in Virginia. Oh. Records show that Marjorie Harvey gave birth soon after, but no other information is available about that baby. The colonists had decided to go 50 miles up Albemarle Sound by the time the fleet was getting ready to head back to England. To convey the colony's dire circumstances and request assistance, the uh, the colonists... Um, what are you doing? <laughs> just smoke. Just like perfectly still. Oh my God, you were freaking me out. All I see <laughs> is like... So he he hit, hit his vapor or whatever. Or is that mine? That's yours. That's mine. Yeah, and... It, and it's just stagnant in here. That just goes to show there's zero airflow in here. <laughs> it's just, I wanted to see what was going to move. We're going to die. So anyway, uh, they wanted to you know show the circumstances and how bad things were. The colonists persuaded Governor White to travel back to England on August 27, 1587. Okay? White decided to go with the fleet. Mm. Okay? Remember, White, we didn't even know how the hell he got there. White is, uh, yes. <laughs> is he? <laughs> is he now? So English fire ships were launched against the Spanish Armada on August 7th of 1588, okay? So now, before that, in 1587, White arrived back in England after a challenging journey. By this point, news of the Spanish Armada preparing an assault had reached London, Mm. and Queen Elizabeth had forbade, forbode any able ship from securing a passage out of England to take part in the upcoming conflict. Oh. All right? Yeah. So she's like, she's like, no, Mm. you're not doing it. Absolutely not. Last time y'all motherfuckers leave, I had to spend two and a half years to get my shit waxed. That's what happened. Right. Because Raleigh wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She, you should have seen that shit. Mm, that shit was like... It was like... Her dress wasn't poofy on her on its own. You right. Know what I mean? Exactly. It was just... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Comes out the show and just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gross. So White was allowed to follow Grenville on a resupply ship when he was given permission to lead a fleet into the Caribbean to battle the Spanish over the winter. Unfavorable winds held the fleet in port until Grenville got new instructions to remain and defend uh, to, to defend England, delaying the fleet's scheduled launch in 1588 of Mar- well, March. Ah. The Brave and the Row, two of Grenville's fleet's um, smaller ships, were deemed unfit for battle, and White was given permission to carry them to Roanoke. Hmm. Okay? Yes, these are not good for battle. Take those to your little shitty colony. Which is... That doesn't make any sense. Those These boats aren't meant to be used in a battle that could last, you know, a couple of hours, maybe a day or two. But go ahead and go on a six-month journey with them across the fucking world. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were male ships. So they had parts that extended out? Well, no, you could just tell by their little balls. <laughs> <laughs> and Got em. yes, that joke comes from the Three Amigos. I'll take it. Anyway. So on April 22nd, the ships set sail, but while they were on their way out, their captains made multiple attempts to seize Spanish ships in order to improve their profits, obviously. Mm. They were attacked on May 6th by French seafarers, or pirates, if you will, in the vicinity of Morocco. 
The Roanoke-bound goods were robbed, over two dozen crew members died, and the ships were forced to head back to England. Oof. That's what you get. Yeah. You were supposed to go from A to B. You weren't supposed to go and rob C. You know what I mean? You're not going to do this. So what happens? You get robbed in the meantime. Yeah, it's called karma, bitch. Yeah, dummy. The English kept the shipping restriction in place after the Spanish Armada was routed in August so that they could concentrate their efforts on forming a counter-armada to attack Spain in 1589. And, of course, it would take White until 1590 before he was given the go-ahead to, uh, you know, come back with another supply. Okay, so that's what kept him that last time we were talking. He's supposed to come back in 1588. Mm-hmm. Didn't come back till 1590. Well, it's because the Spanish Armada, Armada was fighting and they were getting all crazy and shit. Gotcha. So since Grenville took Santa Maria de, de San Vicente, Vicente <laughs> in 1585, the Spanish Empire had been collecting information on the Roanoke colonies. Uh. They had no reason to believe Lane's colony had been abandoned or that whites would be established in the same spot. Uh, in fact, the Spanish greatly underestimated the success of the English in Virginia, and rumors suggested the English had discovered a mountain made of diamonds and a route to the Pacific Ocean. That's a mountain made of diamonds. It's right next to that metropolis. <laughs> and all the gold and the copper. Well, apparently the copper's a real thing. Yes, the copper's real. Yeah. We just don't know how they made it. Right. So Vicente Gonzalez was sent to examine Chesapeake Bay in 1588 by Philip II of Spain after an unsuccessful reconnaissance trip in 1587. Now, despite not finding anything in Chesapeake, Gonzalez, you know, he found a port, um, he, uh, he found Port Ferdinando in the Outer Banks on his way back. The port obviously seemed deserted. Yeah. Gonzalez uh, departed without carrying out a, you know, he didn't really do a thorough search. The Spanish thought Gonzalez had found the hidden English base, but he, uh, but Philip was uh, he wasn't able to uh, launch an attack because of the destruction of the Spanish Armada. Gotcha. And there allegedly there was a plan to establish a Spanish colony in Chesapeake Bay and destroy the Roanoke colony in 1590. Damn. However, this was pretty much fake news um, uh, to spread confusion and you know for the English intelligence. Smart. Yeah, they were like basically pulling the same English shit that they did. Like, oh yeah. Well, we're going to build one, too. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Puto. <laughs> I don't even know if they say that over in Spain. I don't know. They, they speak Spanish, right? But they speak like Spanish. Spanish. Yes, but they speak regal Spanish. Oh, do they? It's Espanol. Okay. Not Mexicano. Oh. Okay. What does that mean? It just means that they speak Spanish and not a derivative. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like we speak American. American. And the English speak English. Correct. They put U's and everything. We speak um, um, United States of American. Yes. We speak states. We, we speak. Because technically, this is all America, including because it's North America and South America. So anytime someone says, oh, you're going to America. Mm-hmm. That's, why, do, why are we so special? We shouldn't be. Because we're the U.S. We're the states. Yes. We are the states. We speak U.S. We speak We speak United. Sure. That sounds like actually, actually cool. most of us don't even do that. <laughs> Half of us around here wondering what the hell these damn words mean. So anyway, um, on August 12th, Hopewell and Moonlight anchored at Croatoan Island, but there's no evidence that, again, White made use of the opportunity <laughs> to ask the Croatan for any information. The crew saw smoke plumes on Roanoke Island on August 15th as they were anchored at the north end of Croatoan Island. The next morning... They looked into another column of smoke near the southern end of Croatoan, 
Um, but they found nothing. Huh. Nothing. Big old... The following two days were spent trying to cross Pamlico Sound by White's landing party, which was extremely dangerous and cost lives. Mm. They noticed a fire on the north end of Roanoke on August 17th, and they rode their little asses off towards it. Nice. But they arrived at the island after dusk and chose not to take the chance of setting foot ashore as to not be shot by an arrow into their ball sacks. Yeah, that would not be very fun. Correct. In an effort to attract the attention of the colonists, the men spent the night singing English songs within their anchored boats. Yes, let's not go ashore and make noise. Let's stay on our boats and make even more noise. They can't hit us from here, right? Right, we'll be good. You ready? Two, three, four. Show me the way to go home. Boom, boom. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I was thinking they were probably singing and then bottles appear on the wall. That one's lame. But... I doubt any of those songs were even <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> they were probably singing something, I don't know, God save the queen, or you know what I mean? Something like that. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. <laughs> They're going to get shot just because. <laughs> Shut up! I'm trying to sleep! <laughs> Who let the cat outside? <laughs> you just hear, <laughs> I, I believe I've been shot. Oh, you're going to have to sing by yourself. It's time for you to take your own solo. <laughs> I'm going off solo now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. That is pretty funny, though. So on the morning of August 18th, his granddaughter's third birthday, White and the others came to land. The group discovered new footprints in the sand, but no one, uh, no one, um, no one made, what? <laughs> no one made touch with them. Yes. No one came in contact with them. So nobody touched, nobody fucked with them. Yes. All right. Nobody fucked with these things. They just looked at them and were like, eh. Yes. Additionally, they found a tree with the letters C-R-O etched into it. Ooh. White arrived at the colony's location and saw that a palisade had been used to fortify the place. In one of the posts next to the fencing's entrance, the word Croatoan was etched. Now, given that they had agreed in 1587 that the colonists would leave a secret token, quote unquote, mm. letting everyone know their destination, or a cross pate? Yes. <laughs> what is it? Duck pate? <laughs> As a, uh, it's it, basically it's a stress signal, a, dis, a, a distress code, right? Yes, yes. Hey, Logan. Hi. How's it going? It's great. Great. Um, question. Yeah. Do you like wine? I love wine. Yeah. We're big wine drinkers in my house, as you very well know. Oh, of course. And I like all kinds of different sorts of wine. Same. And if our passengers tend to be the same way, oh, guess what? What? We actually have a deal to save them some money. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You can actually sign up for the Gold Medal Wine Club wine sale right now. It, uh, you can save up to 51% off award-winning and hard-to-find wines. Three-bottle minimum. You can mix and match your favorites with free shipping on 12 bottles or more. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's a good deal. Stock up on your wine. Save some money. Just head on over to the MidnightTrainPodcast.com, click on Sponsor Deals, scroll your little fingers down to the bottom, find that beautiful wine club in there, click on it, and uh, be magically whisked away to the land of, I like wine. White was confident that these two inscriptions indicated that the colonists had peacefully migrated to Croatoan Island. Well, that makes all the sense. Yes. Obviously, something happened here. Yes. So, they left us a note, because, you know, the natives... Could not have done that, right? No, no, they no. don't know how to write English, except for maybe those ones that went to England and were there for, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> Damn it! So, of course, the uh, search group discovered that everything that could be carried had been taken from the place, including residences that had been 
demolished. All right. Oh. So everything was gone, and they took pretty much everything. Large trunks had been robbed, including three that belonged to White. Oh, I bet he's pissed. Oh, yeah. My silver cup. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was Lane. That was oh, Lane. Damn, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, it contained the, uh, you know, all his shit that he left behind in 1587. There were no boats from the settlement along the shore. Okay, gone. Oh. That evening, the group headed back to Hopewell, and arrangements were made to head back to Croatoan the next morning. Ah. However, Hopewell only had one functioning cable and anchor after the ship's anchor cable broke. I mean, this have unfortunate times with the anchor. They're just having a bunch of fucking problems. The significant risk of shipwreck precluded continuing the search mission. In other words, we're not going to die for you to go back out there and look at what happened to your shit. Right. And again, how did he even get there? He was in a trunk. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's what the trunk was there, and he's like looking around, like, "Oh shit!" Someone stole my stuff. Well, it was empty to begin with when he got here. No, it wasn't. I was in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was. Oh Jesus! So of course, you know, the thing got all fucked up. So they said, "No, we're not going to do this." The crew of the Hopewell proposed a compromise to White before moon, uh, Moonlight left for England. Okay, under this new plan they had, they would spend the winter in the Caribbean and return to the Outer Banks. When spring came in 1591. That sounds so horrible. You know? To spend the winter in the Caribbean. I know. That sounds real bad. Yeah. 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 That's called sarcasm. Yeah. However, when Hopewell was blown off course <laughs> and had to halt for supplies in the Azores, uh, of course, this shit failed. Uh, the ship was once more compelled to shift course for England. In other words, they wanted to take off where it arrived on October 25th, or 24th, excuse me, uh, of 1590 when the winds prevented landfall there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. All right, and there are a ton of different people that are like associated with it and stuff. Now, oh shit, hold on. I have to talk about this part here. So, despite the fact that White was unable to find the colonists in 1590, all right, his report implied. That they had merely relocated, remember, the Croatoan etch sketch? Yep. And uh, and they might still be discovered alive. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, somebody had to have done that. Right. Raleigh, however, had a reason to keep these settlers' fates in question because doing so allowed him to continue legally claiming Virginia at his, as his own. Ah. So, in other words, if we still got people there, it's still ours. Yeah. Wink, wink. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they want mind. You know, they want it all. <laughs> That's how they do it. So, but in order for Aeneas Dare's son, <clears throat> oh boy. So, um, yeah, so Aeneas, now nah, hold, we'll get to it. Hold on. John Dare, all right, was because of the, the Virginia Dare. Mm-hmm. Remember, we, we talked about her. Yes. John Dare mm-hmm. is her brother. No, it's a tractor. Oh boy! So anyway, there was like a petition for you know to to receive the fortune from the the dares and stuff like that, and then it was and it was finally approved after somebody was you know dead. The dad died and whatnot. So anyway, so Raleigh claimed to be looking for his missing colonist during his first transatlantic voyage in 1595, right? Yes. Though these uh, he subsequently acknowledged his uh, you know that it was all bullshit to mask his pursuit for El Dorado. Oh yeah. Love that movie. Such a good movie. Fucking love it. Love it. Now, he passed right past the Outer Banks while sailing back, and he later claimed that bad weather had prevented him from landing. Oh, no. Which, in other words, that's n- he didn't even fucking go there. He wasn't worried about that. Right. He did not care. 
when the price of uh, sassafras rose. <laughs> Love that word. <laughs> sassafras. Sassafras. Raleigh tried to enforce his monopoly on Virginia based on the likelihood that the colonists of Roanoke would survive. Okay, so he's still, like, toying with that whole thing. Yes. Like, no, they're fine. In order to restart the quest, he paid for a 1602 expedition to the Outer Banks. Gotcha. This mission, led by Samuel Mace, was different from earlier ones in in that uh, Raleigh purchased his own ship and insured the sailor's salary to prevent them from getting sidetracked by privateering. (laughs) The ship's manifest and itinerary, however, show that Raleigh's prime objective was to gather sassafras far south of Croatoan Island. And that they did. Did not give a shit about it. Mm -mm. Now, they were unable to stay in the area by the time Mace arrived at Hatteras due to, again, bad weather. Raleigh's Virginia charter was essentially terminated in 1603 when he was accused of participating in the main plot and imprisoned for treason against King James. It's Rick James, bitch. (laughs) Fuck your couch. (laughs) So, yes, that's what happened with him. Good for him. So, Walter Raleigh was a turd. Turd burglar. Yes. Fart sniffer. Bitch tickler. I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying. Bitch tickler. I don't know. That's actually kind of funny. A bitch tickler. I mean, you, sir, are a bitch tickler. <laughs> you over there tickling your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Smell your fingers, do you? <laughs> so after the founding of the Jamestown settle, uh, settlement in 1607, John Smith was taken prisoner by the Pow- uh, Powhatan, where he was introduced to their chief. Oh, shit. Wah- uh, wait. Wahansanakawa. 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 Wahansanakawa and his brother, Opechakanakanakawa. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, people, people. I'm so sorry. People have complained about us derailing. This show is going to put it over the edge. It's putting me over the edge. Don't push me. Cause <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. So he heard he heard them described unknown, which had uh, walled buildings and akadohanon, where men dressed in European fashion. Okay, so this is what they were calling these places. Later, once Smith had returned to the settlement, he made plans with uh, in Chapunk, the Paspeg 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 ruler, to look into uh, Panawick. Another location where there were rumors of people wearing, you know, European attire, dressed like Europeans. Right, right, right. The colony made a rudimentary map of the area, and it was labeled with the names of these communities. In addition, the map showed a location called uh, Paca... Pacraconic. 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 Break your neck. Okay. Break one nine. With the comment, quote, Here remains four persons dressed that came from Runecock. Runecock. To Akanahawan inscribed on it. And this is called the Ziga map. That's what they call this. These names, dude. See that? I can pronounce. Ziga map. See that? That was easy enough. Mm-hmm. Fuckers. Mm-hmm. So Smith sent a letter with the map and this information to England in the summer of 1608. Although the original map is now destroyed, Pedro de Ziga, the Spanish envoy to England, acquired a replica and gave it to Philip III of Spain. Ah. In 1890, the replica now well known as the uh, Ziga map, was unearthed. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Smith intended to investigate uh, pack, uh, pack, crack, nick, 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 crack, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but the journey was cut short by a disagreement with the Paspahe. Uh, Paspahe. 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 Ooh, that one actually worked. 
Actually, I feel like I feel like we got that one. <laughs> Additionally, he sent out two search parties with the directive to locate the missing company of Sir Walter Raleigh. Mm. I love how it's spelled Raleigh, though. I know. Like this that. one's Raleigh, and yeah. the other one was Raleigh. Uncle Raleigh. <laughs> Probably to look uh, for the other villages that had been reported to him. Okay? Now, nobody found shit or any evidence of the Roanoke colonist presence in the region. So there's talk of all this and whatnot, but nobody found anything. Like, ever. Forever, ever? <laughs> Forever, ever. <laughs> By May of 1609, <clears throat> excuse me, information about the uh, Wahansa, Wahansakawa, Wahansanakawa. Wahan, that was actually better. Say Wah- that again. Wahansanakawa. Massacre of the 1587 <laughs> colonists had reached English, uh, England's Royal Council for Virginia. Okay. Now, this accusation has nobody knows who the hell it came from. Okay. Mm. But Wahansanakawa. His brother-in-law, Machumps. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Maybe it's Machumps. I don't know. Machumps. <laughs> my humps. My humps. My oh, lovely my lady. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it might be Machumps or Macumps. Maybe it's Macumps. Like Tecumseh? <laughs> I don't Maybe? know. Maybe. Macumps. We're going to say that. Sure. Who had just arrived in England is known to have shared information about Virginia. Although there is no proof of any of this shit, it has been suggested that the same expedition may have also carried a letter from Smith. Okay. Mm. The council drafted directives for the Jamestown colony to move based on all this stuff from Smith's report. These orders suggested. Oh my God. What oh, are horn a horn. Okanohon. 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 Okay, no hoin. <laughs> a new base close to the mouth of the Chowan River, or Cohen River, it could be. Uh, this location's alleged benefits included being close to the rich copper mines of Rutenok. No, Rish. R- Riche. The Riche. Riche. And. Heck, I reckon. You just. You, <laughs> you do it faster to try and get through it, and I'm trying to slow it down, and I feel like both of us. Pekka Reckamek. Pekka Reckamek. It's Pekka Smos. Pekka Rakimik. Sure. Pekka Rakimik. Pekka Red Marbles. I don't know. I can't. Yeah. Where four of Raleigh's colonists were allegedly allegedly being kept captive by a chieftain under the name of Gaponacon. Gaponaconok. No, Gaponacon. Is it Terminator? Not Terminator, but Transformer names in here? Gaponacon. Gaponacon. Go now. Due due to the sea venture shipwreck near Bermuda, these orders, as well as the arrival of Thomas Gates as the new acting governor, were obviously delayed. In May of 1610, four months into the starvation period, Gates landed in Jamestown. Four months. (laughs) Mm. The colonists might not have attempted the suggested relocation because of the the crisis and the results of the expedition sent to the Cowan or Chowan River, and there was no reports for any of that shit. Okay, now, we're following all this here. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Loving the names. Oh, it's so much. Okay. So there were a lot more people going and trying to figure out what the fuck happened. All right. And we could bore you, and I could fuck up a lot more names. But instead, we're going to jump right to, like, what the archaeology kind of showed us. Because archaeologists went there, and they found in 1887, right? Was it 1887? Yes, it was the start of the archaeologists' right. findings. Because, I mean, it was, well, okay, we got to talk about Smith. Uh, was it Smith? No, Lawson. Right? Was it Lawson? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. He did a, a study or whatever in, in 1701. Mm-hmm. 
and then it had like a uh, you know it had a resurgence of uh, interest in the 19th century which eventually sparked a wide spectrum of academic interpretation. So everyone's like, well, what happened? Because mainly what they're saying is is that it was lost to history right? until somebody resurfaced with something and was like, uh, are we not going to talk about this? You know what I mean? Like an entire colony just poofed. Yes. You know? They were doing an audit for the IRS. So the ruins that Lawson came across in 1701 gradually turned into a popular tourist destination. Um, on April, of, uh, April 7th of 1819, U.S. President James Monroe paid a visit to the location. Visitors to the deteriorating fort, it's in quotes, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not a fort anymore. Mm -mm. It doesn't fortify shit. Mm -hmm. In the 1860s, described it as little more than an earthwork in the shape of a small bastion and told of holes being excavated, almost said excavated, that's not a word, Mm -hmm. uh, nearby in quest of priceless artifacts. So in other words, people are in there trying to find shit that was already stolen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, trying to re-steal the shit that was already stolen. <laughs> the property was severely damaged by the 1921 silent uh, silent movie, The Lost Colonies. Uh, so they made a movie in the ni- in 1921 called The Lost Colonies, and the production and road shit just fucked it all up. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. He, uh, so C. Harrington argued in favor of preserving and restoring the uh, the place, you know, where it was at, because it's basically just a big mound. Yeah, where you can tell that something used to be there. And for the most part, they're pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. But there's still not any, like, 100% definitive anything. Right. You know? I mean, you're talking about people, they, they don't even know how the hell they got there. They weren't on a manifest or anything. Nobody specifically mentioned them by name, but yet all of a sudden they're hanging out in their part of shit and, like, running the damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, then these people just disappear. Mm-hmm. They find some bones and shit but that was at the other spot where they were coming from mm-hmm. and it's just it's fucking crazy you know what it's aliens I was gonna say they, they were ghosts but that actually makes oh. a lot more sense that they were aliens this dude just randomly showed up one day and was pissed off that his trunk got rummaged through you know what I mean oh you think you think that uh, John White John White was a he's an alien he's an alien he's an alien of course he is of course that name it's his most simplistic name he 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 what the fuck is the name when you like merge into a, a society he 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 conformed. No, it was an actual word like uh, the uh, transition period from when you were are. It starts with an E, I think. Edified. Yeah, he did no. that. <laughs> That's not even a word. <laughs> I, I was gonna say acclimated, but I don't know. No, what the fuck is that word? E- emerged. No, I'm, I'm gonna find it real quick. Don't worry. Surfaced. Uh, Defecated. What the hell? What are we looking for? Um, skeeted. Um. <laughs> Ske- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this thing's pretty much just a big blob of whatever, you know. So with the uh, designation of Fort Raleigh National Historic Site, uh, the National Park Service took over management of the region in 1941. And this whole spot was rebuilt in 1590 in an effort to recreate its original dimensions and shape. So it's kind of cool. Yes. Right? Assimilate. So, yes. That's the word I was looking for. He I, was trying to assimilate. That's what I said. Does that start with an E? No. <laughs> so that's an A. But it, it could, depending on. You could either assimilate or metaphorate. Get it. <laughs> Shit! I suck. Anyway, I wish I had a boo button over here. <laughs> we'll get you one if you want. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a lot of those. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, the. So. 
So Talcott Williams' discovery of a Native American burial site on Roanoke Island in 1887 marked the official start of archaeology on the island. Wait, okay. Tolkien? What? Talcott. Oh, Talcott, sorry. Talcott Williams. They said Tolkien. It's kind of a cool name, too. Talcott Williams. Yeah. Yes. What's your middle name? Buford. (laughs) Talcott Buford Williams V, Duke of of Finger Bums. (laughs) Duke of Finger (laughs) Bums. So anyway, yeah. Um, so when he uh, when, when he went back um, in 1895 to explore the fort, he discovered nothing of worth, nothing noteworthy at all. Yes. Later in the 1990s, okay. Yes. Ivor not him. <laughs> it's not him. It, it, it sounds made up. It does. Ivor not him. It's like I, I am not him. I am not human. Oh. Another alien! There it is. Dude, we're just nailing these today. Wow. But this guy would, uh, he would make a, a, you know, a bunch of little discoveries here. Interesting ones, if you will. But not any of them could, you know, definitively be connected to um, the colony as opposed to, like, you know, the uh, 1585 outpost. Correct. You know, because there was the outpost and then there was the colony. Yes. So you can't really say one's the, whatever. Mm. So anthropologist David Sutton Phelps Jr. organized an excavation in 1995 following the discovery of several Native American artifacts along Cape Creek in Buxton, North Carolina, as a result of Hurricane Emily. Hmm. In 1998, Phelps and his crew stumbled upon a ring (laughs) to save them all. One ring to... (laughs) Sorry. I don't even know why I did that. Anyway. um, That at first glance appeared to be a gold signet ring carrying the 16th century insignia of the Kendall family. Yes, the precious. <laughs> Get off my island! <laughs> That's my ring, filthy, stinking Englishes. Sorry. <laughs> so the find was heralded as a historic find, but Phelps failed to have the ring professionally analyzed and didn't publish a paper on his findings. What the, what, come on! Hmm. He was like, Mine? <laughs> yeah, like from 300 years prior. No, 200 years prior. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Again, mine? That's <laughs> that's what this is. This is all a bunch of selfish-ass people just taking shit. Well, welcome to history. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Experts were unable to verify the ring's uh, supposed connection to Kendall Heraldry after an x-ray scan in 2017 revealed the metal to be brass rather than gold. Huh, that's fool's gold. Yeah. Bitch. The ring's low value and relative anonymity anonymity thank you make it more challenging to fuck <laughs> stop laughing <laughs> ah make it more challenging to definitively link it to any one passenger from the Roanoke journeys which raises the possibility that it was brought to the New World at a later date because it was made of brass and the only thing made of brass is brass monkey <laughs> that we like, that funky monkey. Brass monkey, donkey, that funky monkey. Uh. The fact that many common objects might probably, you know, might, might probably, uh, might actually come from the 1585 colony or from uh, Native Americans who traded with other European settlements in the same era presents a big-ass problem for archaeologists trying to learn more about the colonists. Yeah. Obviously, because they're not sure where it could have come from. Right. Like, it could have literally traveled from any other place. Some dude on a horse could have got it from a different um, group of settlers or English people or whatever and would just happen to be riding past that spot and then it fell off. True. You know what I mean? True. So, 
An illustration of a definitive discovery, according to Andrew Lawler, would be a female uh, would be female remains that could be dated to before 1650 and were buried according to Christian t- tradition. Hmm. You know, so you know, you know, whatever. Yes. Since the 1585 colony was solely male, by which you know the Europeans would have spread throughout the region, we, there were a few females and a few children there too. Mm-hmm. Few human remains of any type, nevertheless, have ever been found in locations connected to the lost colony. Interesting. Right? It's very weird. Shoreline erosion is one explanation for the significant lack of archaeological remains. Between 1851 and 1970, the northern side of Roanoke Island, where the Lane and White colonies were situated, lost 928 feet. Oh, wow. That is a lot. Yeah, a little bit. Or 283 meters for all you smart folk. Yes, extrapolating from this pattern back to the uh, 1580s. Now, see, extrap, I can nail... Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. It is probable that some of the towns, along with any relics, any kind of evidence, or anything like that, are all underwater, like Atlantis. Oh, that's maybe where Atlantis was. You think Atlantis was in Virginia? That'd be fucking hilarious. North Carolina area? (laughs) Whatever. That that would be kind of funny. You find the Atlanteans, and they come up like, Y'all like NASCAR? That's where they went. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean they went where that's where the people of Roanoke went to Atlantis they're like hey y'all come down here we got we got NASCAR I mean maybe <laughs> we got NASCAR <laughs> and Bush Light <laughs> we're in yes so now let's talk about Site X ooh dun, dun, dun. is anyway. this where a really poorly described Ryan Reynolds went yes 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 so La Virginie, which I tried to do earlier, Pars, which is the map we talked about earlier, created by White in 1585, has two corrections. Oh. Okay. They were actually discovered by First Colony Foundation scholars in November of 2011. Interesting. Yeah. The British Museum used a light table to examine the original map at their request. At the junction of the Roanoke and Cowan or Chowan rivers, one of the patches was discovered to conceal a fort sign. They didn't see that before. No, because it was at a fortnight. Right. Really? I, I, I was going to say they didn't see that before. <laughs> Those were both horrible. We got to yes, stop. Yes, we do have to stop. So due, <laughs> due to the symbol's lack of scale, it spans a portion of the map that corresponds to Bertie County, North Carolina's uh, thousands of, you know, the acres there in, uh, in Bertie County in North Carolina. Right, okay? right. The location is thought to be in or close to uh, Metaquim. Yes. A... Weapamock settlement that's uh, that dates back to the 16th century. The site should be called Site X, as in X marks the spot, and according to archaeologist Nicholas Lucchetti. And we're the ones who make bad puns. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Who proposed the idea in 2012 as a team prepared to ex- uh, excavate where the symbol indicated? Oh, <laughs> oh, we're gonna check this out. You gonna dig holes? The first colony foundation reported discovering pieces of Tudor pottery. That's English pottery. By the way. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought it was Potter with two doors. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Site X. I mean, come on. I had to get one more. <laughs> and firearms at Site X. In an announcement from October 2017, and they came to the conclusion that these artifacts point to a sparsely populated colony living peacefully nearby. Uh-huh. Ah. This study faces the difficult task of conclusively excluding the likelihood that such discoveries were introduced to the region by the 1585 Lane Colony or the 1650s Nathaniel Batts Trading Post. Oh. Okay, because they don't really—you can't really tell. Even though, couldn't you? 
couldn't you carbon date the pottery? Yeah, but carbon dating is so hard to like. It's not super precise. It's not incredibly precise. Yeah. It just gives you a range of when it could be. So, but I mean that's why we're having issues with anything. So nowadays. we've we've carbon dated the pottery, and we do believe we found it. It was made sometime before yesterday. <laughs> Sometime <laughs> throughout time, yes, it, it could be, maybe, no, fuck it. Anyway, <laughs> so there's just a lot of uh, with it being so long ago and not having any kind of information or anything like that with it. It's just really hard to kind of like narrow it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is cool though that they're still finding stuff, even if it's from uh, the 1650s or 1585 or whatever it is. But it doesn't tell us what the hell happened to the colonists. Nope. Right. So the foundation made plans to increase research on the property that North Carolina received as the Salmon 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 Creek State Natural Area in 2019. Okay. And then they actually made it public in 2019. Uh, yeah, 19 as well. Nice. So um, the Tidewater region had an acute drought between 1587 and 1589. Okay. According to research done in 1998 by a team that included climatolo- clim- climatologist, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, study of climates. David W. Stahl of the University of Arkansas and archaeologist Dennis B. Blanton of the College of William and Mary. Their research, what? huh? The College of William and Mary? Yes. Huh. I'm going to start my own college. It's going yeah. to be the College of Dick and Jane. Are we going to have fun with Dick and Jane? Correct. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get it? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Their research collected data from uh, 1185 wow. to 1984 by measuring the growth rings of network uh, of a network of uh, bald cypress trees. Gotcha. Bald. The queen was there. That told you. That's how that. That's, that's exactly how we how know, we folks. Yeah. That's how we know, because they'd be big bushy trees. Yeah, but if she never showed up. Nope. In particular, 1587 was determined to be the poorest growing season in the preceding 800 years. Oh. The conclusions were thought to be in line with the Croats expressed worries regarding their access to food. Uh-huh. So they're thinking maybe there was a drought yeah, in sure. the time that we're there. But okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So we figured out why they would have left. But did where they... the fuck did they go? Yes. That's uh... that is the answer to the question of what it is we're looking for. <sighs> fuck. <laughs> So Robert Estes, a computer scientist, a computer scientist. Yes, he's one who... <laughs> what do you do? I... Science the computers. I science the computers. That's what I do every day. I just talk to it and document what it does on a daily basis. I'm a fucking computer scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> well, he formed uh, various organizations for DNA analysis and ancestry research since 2005. Okay, oh, It's Roberta Estes. I'm sorry, I mispronounced her name. Her fascination in the uh, colony's disappearance inspired a number of projects to establish a genetic connection between the colonists and possible Native American descendants. Kind of cool. Since so little of the colonists' genetic material would be left left after five or six generations. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Using um, autosomal DNA for this purpose, unreliable, obviously. Yeah. However, over an extensive period of time, Y-chromosome and mitochondrial DNA testing is more trustworthy. Interesting. Okay. Finding a genetic point of comparison, whether from the remains of a lost colonist or one of their descendants, is the main problem of the research. Okay. Because how do you know? If you didn't even know if freaking, what's his name? Tom White or John White? John White, the alien? Yes, the alien. That you didn't even know he was there, then it's not documented who he actually is. So even if you do find somebody that 
how would you even know that they're descendants? Because aliens. <laughs> this is so mind-bottling. <sighs> anyway, so um, there are currently no bones from the Lost Colony to work with. Okay, so yeah, that seems to be a bit of a problem. Despite the fact that it is theoretically possible to sequence DNA from 430-year-old bones, the project has not yet located any live descendants as of 2019. Well, not if they're all dead. How are they going to have descendants if they're all dead? That's what I, don't, I just I don't get that. I feel like someone's funding something that could be spent on, I don't know, washing my car. You know what I mean? Like, I don't or know. reigniting the bone thugs. Yeah. Bone, bone. <laughs> it's the Thuggish Bugs Bone. That's Cleveland, baby. Mm. Anyway, so now, here we go. Mr. Adrian Masters, uh, historian of the University of Texas, uh, okay, uh, although there is no proof that the Lost Colony was moved or destroyed, rumors concerning their fate have obviously persisted since the 1590s. Smarter people than I am have come to have had a bad reputation for the subject since it tends to cause preoccupation and sensationalism with little academic gain. Mm. In other words, yeah, you're not getting a whole lot out of this. Correct. Unless you definitively find out what happened. But even then, it's like, oh, so that's where they went. Yeah, and then it's just uh, another day. Right, so right now... Okay, I'll read this first, and then we'll kind of go... Whatever. So usually theories regarding the lost colonists uh, start with the case's known facts. Despite the place being fortified, there was no evidence of combat or a forced retreat when White returned to the colony in 1590. No recorded graves or human remains were found in the region, which suggests that everyone was still alive when they fled. The Croatoan message is consistent with their request for White to specify you know, where they were going to. He right. said, leave a code, let me know. Indicating that they anticipated White looking for them and desired to be located. Right? Yeah. Right. Sure. So now, Chief Powhatan. Remember we talked about him? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Using the penis, the, the pen 15, mm. and other small boats to transfer themselves and their goods, David Beers Quinn came to the conclusion that the colonists of 1587 aspired to migrate to their original destination, Chesapeake Bay. At Croatoan, a small group would have been waiting for White's return and guiding him to the relocated colony. The majority of the colonists would have rapidly integrated with the, Chesape uh, the Chesapeans after White's inability to find any of them, while the lookouts on Croatoan would have merged with the Croatoan tribe. Remember, they never went back to look. Right. <sighs> anyway. Well, sometimes you're not very smart, we know, when you're still looking for that damn cup. Right. So, now, this, this is pretty fucked up. Since uh, around 1605, a lot of people have speculated that the vanished colonists might have blended in with the, late, uh, the local Native American tribes. We talked about that, right? Yeah. If this integration was, it, it, it did take place, it, 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 the colonists would eventually run out of European resources, right? Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And they would abandon European culture. Oh. Right? I mean, because you really don't have much else. Yeah. You're probably going to assimilate. Hey, <laughs> see how we always come back? It's like a circle. Right. It's a, it's a circle. It's a, it's a perfect circle. Not the triangle. There's corners. Ends. It's not corners. A circle. Anyway. <laughs> freak up, fuckers. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they'd have to acclimate, right? Yes. Right. Yes. And, um, you know, they'd have to abandon their language, their 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 the way they dressed, everything they knew as, uh, you know, the Algonquin way of life became more practical. Know, because you're uh, you're adapting to that, right? 
Europeans of the colonial era noticed that many persons who were persons, people were taken away from European civilization by Native Americans for protracted periods of time. Protracted, like they're carrying protractors everywhere. It's pretty wild. Yeah, sure. I don't even know how they got those. Nah, man. Even if they were captured or made slaves, didn't want to return. Whereas the opposite was rarely true. So in other words, like every time, a lot of these, most of these people were like taken on, on their own accord or stolen, and they were like, "No, nah, I'm gonna stay here. It's kind of dope." I mean, would you rather go back to England or hang out with you know, good peoples, the good the good peoples, the good land, the motherland? Yeah, Alagonquin for the good land. So anyway, so the they basically what they're saying is is that if they were to be taken or if they were like oh shit we got to go eventually they're not gonna want to be found right. is what this is um kind of giving us an idea of well yeah because the last time y'all found a fucking tribe y'all set fire to it two days later right they don't want their tribe to go fucking up in smoke and not only that but these motherfuckers were here to help us you guys weren't right the last time you came around like you said mm-hmm. you burned that shit down and fucking douchebag had it in his pocket right you know what i mean which now we have it right yeah so now you're gonna cut me exactly <laughs> right like why, why do i want that that makes all the sense to me i'm yeah. sorry that does so it, it does make sense to assume that if the colonists were integrated neither uh you know whether it be their their offspring or whatever would desire to rejoin the, the the English settlers, they would not want to go back to that. Right. So most historians today think that this is the most likely explanation for what happened to the colonists who survived. This raises the question of which tribe or tribes the colonists eventually blended into. You know what I mean? All of them. <laughs> Maybe. Despite the fact that there are only circumstantial that there is only circumstantial proof, it is commonly acknowledged that the Croatan were the 18th century Hatteras relatives. Okay? The current Roanoke Hatteras tribe claims to be descended uh, from the lost colonists and the Croatans via the Hatteras. Hmm. Okay? So they claim to actually do that. So that's probably where that other person's trying to do, like, DNA shit. Right. But they've got nothing to base it off of as far as the old stuff. True, because there's no bones. bones that bones. makes all kinds of sense. Bones. On, se- <laughs> on several several 17th century maps, sites on the mainland that are located across Pamlico Sound from Roanoke and Hatteras are referred to as Croatoan locales. Oh. These regions were connected to the uh, Makaponga around uh, 1700. In eastern North Carolina, there are many oral traditions and legends about the migration of the Croatans across the continent. I bet there were. <laughs> Edward M. Bullard, for instance, transcribed the legend of the Kohari in Sampson County in 1950. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I honestly think that's probably the most, it makes the most sense to me. Oh, I would agree with that. Right. Right? Yeah, because I mean, these people have been there for how long, you know, and they were there for a fucking year and everything just went to shit. Like, I would do the same thing. Like, y'all know Absolutely. what you're doing. I'm going to hang out with you guys. And I will be, I will do whatever you say. Yeah. Let's go for it. Right. You know what I mean? So as early as 1607, there are accounts of pale-skinned, blonde-haired individuals among several Native American tribes. Uh-huh. Although the lost colonists are sometimes blamed for this, it may be simpler to explain, you know, the considerably greater incidence of alb- albinism or albinism among Native Americans compared to those of European heritage. Nah, fuck that. So they're saying they're albino. Nope. Uh, that they were never lost and it was made up. I don't believe it. All right. They're saying that it's also it's, uh, you know, it's solved, according to Dawson in 2020, who postulated that the colonists assimilated with the Croatoan people. Okay, that's what we believe. Mm -hmm. However, the conclusion has been contested. 
Dawson's 2020 book, The Lost Colony, and Hatteras Island explicitly acknowledged that there was no smoking gun, quote-unquote, of yeah. evidence that the colonists had left behind. Dr. Alan Outlaw, great name, an archaeologist and faculty member of at Christopher Newport University described Dawson's conclusion as storytelling, not evidence-based information. And archaeologist Nick Lucchetti wrote, quote, I have not seen any evidence of Cro- uh, Cro- ah, Croatoan, um, at Croatoan of artifacts that indicate that Englishmen were in addition the book was not peer-reviewed, which left the issue unanswered despite the sensationalist headlines that greeted its publication. Okay, so let me just get this straight, right? So you assimilated into this, possibly, allegedly, you assimilated into this culture, this these new peoples, and you brought with you all of your goods from the last site. Right. There's plenty of people who keep coming in and out of the area to trade with or to do stuff with other tribes and shit like that. Wouldn't you give up your goods for better goods because they don't have the shit that you have, but you want their shit for trading? I mean, so you're you're trying to say like give them like if you got if you had weapons and shit like that, right. give them those and say, listen, I'm starving, right? Or or you, you like this shirt? Absolutely, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, honestly, I think that's that's the problem is we don't have any definitive proof. Yeah, well, they don't have proof that there was a fucking shit ton of albinos walking around. <laughs> Like <laughs> that—that that seems more far-fetched than they just assimilated. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just, just albinos just randomly floating around everywhere. Right. Like, like why the hell? Yeah, that doesn't make any it's damn like sense. It's like a one in a million possibility for us to have a fucking albino hanging out in our <laughs> everyday people, but they have just a hundred of them hanging out in one fucking tribe. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it makes more sense to me that they again assimilated yeah. that they were probably scared had no idea when anybody was coming back and they didn't forever like it took right. forever for them to come back i mean freaking raleigh was like fuck that i'm looking for was it sassafras sassafras you know what i mean like yeah. what a fucking turd yeah anyway i just think it's it's that i'm leading with that a hundred percent and i would love we would love to know what you guys think what happened to the lost colonists of roanoke All right, it's the movies, and we're going to talk about the, let's see, we'll do, you want to do 10, or you want to do all 15 of these? Let's just do 10. All right, we'll start at 10. And these are, uh, what, Logan? These are the movies that are based (laughs) off of an unexplained supernatural phenomenon that infects humanity. Something like a phenomenon. All right, so let's see here. Uh, Number 10, ooh, is Suicide Club. I have not heard of this. I don't think I know any of these, to be honest. Uh, let's see. The Oh, this actually talks about the type of infection. This comes from Ranker, uh, Ranker.com. We love Ranker, by the way. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, so it actually talks about the type of infection, too. Uh, it says, uh, so it has three uh, things that it actually discusses here. The type of infection, the impact on humanity, and the resolution. I love this. That is actually really cool. So the type of infection, after 54 teenage schoolgirls commit mass suicide, fuck, by jumping in front of an oncoming train... In Tokyo, it results in a series of unconnected individuals also committing suicide. Weird. A mysterious website tracks the number of suicidal deaths, suggesting a larger cause for the outbreak. Hmm. Odd. I've never heard of this. Mm -mm. Uh, The impact on humanity within days of the first incident in Tokyo, the wave of suicide spread across the rest of Japan, puzzling investigators. The resolution? No cause is found for the phenomenon, though a suicide club is thought to exist. 
There is evidence that the members may be receiving the suggestion to take their own lives from the music of a trendy pop group. That damn shit. It's like One Direction. No, what's the what's the K-pop? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, probably yeah, like yeah. K-pop over there, right? I mean, does, or is it J-pop? Because it's I Japan. Think, I think it's just pop. What? No, because K-pop is isn't that the? That's, that's, it, I don't know. I don't know the I'll difference. K-pop. I know our good friend Tommy Speakerbox. He uh he he likes that stuff a little bit. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Uh, let's see here. Number nine on our list is Shivers. All right, so uh, a scientific experiment creates a parasite that works as an aphrodisiac mm-hmm. in those affected, in, infected, and is transmitted through uh, sexual activity. Oh. An outbreak occurs in the Starliner Towers luxury apartment complex near Montreal, creating a mindless orgy of sexual activity and violence among the residents. Okay, this movie just sounds like a softcore porn you find on Cinemax. Yeah. That's all it is. With weird things. Yes. The film ends with the residents of the Starliner Towers emerging from the building together. Shortly after, there are reports of the epidemic reaching Montreal, resulting in more assaults and the continued spread of the parasitic contagion. Interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Nope. Um, oh, okay. This one's just called Apples. Hmm. Okay. A worldwide epidemic causes sudden amnesia, with sufferers having no memory of who they were before the contagion. <laughs> that is actually kind of a cool premise. Could you imagine if the whole world just got the flu, and then the next day they just don't remember who the fuck they are? I'm, I kind of would love that. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine waking up tomorrow and being like, who the fuck am I? Right. I'm not going to work. Woo! <laughs> So recovery programs are formed by the Disturbed Memory Department to help victims of the epidemic uh, reform their uh, reform their lives after losing their entire identity. Many must start over completely, building a personality and life from scratch with instructions to create new memories. The film primarily focuses on a loner named Ari, whose life is arguably improved by the contagion when it forces him to create new bonds with Anna, a fellow victim. Hmm. It love by contagion. Hmm. Let's see here. Number seven, The Last Days. A disease known as the panic causes all of humanity to suddenly develop extreme agoraphobia. Hmm. Those who ignore this, uh, the urge to uh, stay indoors suffer from convulsions and death. Oh, Jeez. Yes, wide open spaces, agoraphobia, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Afraid that going outdoors will result in their demise, most of humanity's survivors remain held up in whatever indoor structure they were, uh, they were in when the outbreak began. The film follows an office worker in Barcelona named Mark as he navigates his way through tunnels and indoor paths to find a way back to his pregnant girlfriend, Julia. Can you imagine getting hit with this and you're in the fucking bathroom at work? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to leave. Yeah, not coming out. I'm in the stall forever now. Yeah, not coming out. <laughs> it's in my bathroom. Mine? <laughs> so Mark and Julia are reunited and have a child, discovering that the new generation is immune to the contagion. Oh. The film ends with the younger generation venturing out into the open to begin rebuilding civilization. Okay, that sounds like a pretty cute movie. I mean, it's it's definitely different. Yes, these now, all. I've, I'm sorry. Good. I said these all sound different. I've heard of this, but I've never watched this. It's a uh, Pontypool, like Monty Python. Yeah, but like Pontypool, but it's one word, Pontypool. Hmm. Uh, when spoken, okay, this is the infection. When spoken, certain words in the English language cause a zombie-like desire to eat human flesh in Pontypool, Canada. What? Right, so it's almost like uh, let's uh, with uh, the Winter Soldier, mm. how he had certain words that would activate him being the the soldier and kill people. Yes. Imagine if over the airwaves, you could actually make something like that happen in a different country. I mean, that I think that 
well, hasn't that been tested? It wasn't words; it was sounds though that they, that they were using. It's the the brown the, the the brown noise or whatever. Brown out makes shit your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's what they say. I don't know if it actually does. Um, yeah, I've know. I've never really like tried it. You know what I mean? I shit my pants all the time. So why do I need that? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, let's see. Radio personality Grant and his producer Sydney quarantined themselves in a soundproof booth. Soundproof booth as much uh, as much of Pontypool becomes infected. Although the city is quarantined after the outbreak, the contagion has spread to England by the end of the film. Grant and Sydney are only able to, su- to survive by experimenting with uh, using nonsensical words and phrases in their communication. It's kind of nuts. That is kind of cool. I, I, I didn't know that's what it was about, to be honest with you. That's kind of messed up. Oh, is that Nicolas Cage? It is. Oh, boy. Number five is Mom and Dad. <laughs> okay. What? When an unexplained static begins transmitting on radios and television screens, it creates the urge in parents to kill their own children. Ah, see, I told you. Holy shit. I was just saying that they're going to shit themselves, not kill their kids, but yeah. that works too. Although much of the film focuses on teenager Carly and her younger brother Josh, as they attempt to evade the attacks of their parents, Brent, Nicholas Cage, and Selma Blair. Mm. Television reports show mass hysteria as the effects of the static are widespread. Oh, okay, I have to watch this. Yeah, I'm about to say, I want to watch this. I yeah. want to see fucking <laughs> Nicolas Cage try to kill yeah. his kids. <laughs> Carly and Josh are able to survive their parents' attempts by at filicide by restraining them, but Brent and Kendall continue to exhibit the symptoms of the contagion in the final moments of the film. No answers or resolution for the outbreak are provided with the narrative. Okay, so it's just a fucking cliffhanger. Yeah. Even better. Let's see, this is blindness? Is that Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. And Danny Glover? And who's the chick? The blonde chick. That's, uh... What the... F- what is... This is a big cast. Well, bigger... But yeah. A contagious disease of unknown origins suddenly begins causing blindness in the citizens of the unnamed metropolitan area. When the contagion quickly spreads around the city, it causes widespread panic, with those affected quickly quarantined in a uh, de- uh, derelict asylum and left to fend for themselves. Before long, it has spread across the globe, affecting other cities around the world in the same way panic ensues when the epidemic results in a food shortage leading to inevitable violence. The sickness eventually proves to be temporary, with those suffering uh, regaining their sight as quickly as it was lost, though not before society has completely collapsed into chaos and disorder. Sounds pretty good. Now, this next one, I completely was like, they need to make sure this is on here, because this is a fucking phenomenal movie. Oh, yeah, this one's cool. This has got, uh, what's his name? Um, the dude from, uh, the, he had his FX TV show, and then he was also on the Santa Clarita Diet with uh, Drew Barrymore. Why can't I think of his damn name? Because it, it doesn't give us the names on here, folks. Sorry no. about that. Um, I'll Google it real quick. Hold on. Oh, you know, hold on. I, I know it. Just give me a second. Mm. I just want to see if I can. Mm. I can. Yeah, stop it. Mm. I, I know what it is. Ah, stop it. Because ah, I, I love him. <laughs> no, he's awesome. I think he's amazing. The residents of a small American town called Evans City are infected with a biological virus created by the military as a weapon. Victim uh, as a weapon. Victims either die immediately or become hysterical and homicidally aggressive. Evan City is put uh, is put quarantined is put quarantined put under quarantine I would assume and martial law is declared. Well, nuclear weapons are prepared as a last resort to keep the contagion uh, contained. Despite a potential cure being developed, the research is lost when the infected townspeople break free from the quarantine. Evidence of the virus is then found in other parts of the United States, bleakly suggesting that the continued spread. Uh, Bleakly suggesting that the continued spread of the uh, the contagion. Timothy Oliphant. Yes. Ah! <laughs> I was trying to get through that just so I could <laughs> say it. I'm like, uh, don't forget it, don't forget it. Sorry. Anyway, he's amazing. Yes. He's so good. 
Uh, let's see. Number two is Perfect Sense. Dude, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor? That's Ewan McGregor. Uh, let's see. A global epidemic begins with the loss of smell. I was right. <laughs> before eventually affecting additional senses. The loss of smell is followed by taste, hearing, and eventually sight. Well, that sounds kind like of sounds, it, oh, Don't say that. Oh, you said it. I didn't. Hopefully they didn't hear that. I said we were talking about commingling. Yes. Yes. Commingling. Yes. It sounds like commingling. <laughs> <laughs> With each sensory loss, humanity finds a way to adapt. Restaurant chef Michael Ewan McGregor increases the spice and seasoning of food to counter the loss of smell and makes a food or makes food a textural experience when tastes also disappear. That's actually a smart ass idea. It's pretty cool. It isn't until hearing is collectively lost that society begins to crumble in chaos and bloodshed, partially due to outbursts of rage that precede the sensory loss. I could see people freaking the fuck out. Yeah. As Michael and the rest of humanity begin to lose their sight, he learns to appreciate the final remaining sense of touch by reaching out for the woman he loves. <sighs> and number one on our list, Children of Men. No idea. Yeah. The events of Children of Men take place nearly two decades after infertility has inexplicably plagued all of humanity. Hmm. Awesome. Sounds like something else that's going on right now. Without the hope of a new life, society is one of, on the brink of collapse and further impacted by the resulting war and global depression. The UK government keeps asylum seekers detained in the country, unable to travel or return to their uh, their homeland, resulting in a police state resisted by a militant immigrant rights group. Former activist Theo Farron, Clive Owen, oh, he's, he's a good actor, mm. is uh, hired to uh, smuggle an immigrant named uh, Key uh, out of the country when it is revealed she is pregnant and the government intends to use her to research a cure for the mysterious epidemic. While there is no clear end to the phenomenon beyond Key, the successful birth of her son suggests renewed hope in the film's resolution. Aww. I never heard of that one. Yeah, same. Actually, only heard of, like, what, two on here? No, one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The mom and dad one, I definitely want to watch that, though. Yeah. That sounds pretty yeah. epic. Anyway, that's the movies, and that <gasps> was a filibuster of The Lost City. The Lost Colony. Wasn't even a damn city. Yeah, it was just a, a thing that happened that no one knows about now. So where are you at on this? Uh, they definitely assimilated. They wanted to dance with wolves. I'm going to keep saying that because you obviously have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, no, I know what it is. Yeah, have you seen it, though? Nope. You ain't seen it? Nope. You should I watch it. I told you I didn't see it. I know, but yeah. you should watch it. Isn't it like an eight and a half hour movie or some shit? Nah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. long, but it ain't that long. I mean, come on. I think Titanic's actually longer. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... You're with me on this one, then. We agree? Yeah. And we think that, uh, yeah, that they probably were, like, freaking out and were like, fuck it. These people are actually really nice. And also, they could defend us against the other yes. tribes that may not be as nice. How about we go with them and just, yeah, exactly like we said earlier. I, like, just, I, I, I just find it uncanny that every fucking tribe that they ran into was just like, come to us with open arms. We'll take care of you. But remember, though, they weren't the first ones there. I know, but it's just interesting. You know, well, it goes to show that they they were they deserved a hell of a lot better than what we gave than them. What happened? Yeah, correct. Yes, one hundred fucking percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, that's where I'm at. I do because because let's break it down real quick. A. Mm -hmm. It was aliens. B. They were completely wiped out and murdered by other tribes, but yet there's no proof of that there's no bones laying around unless they yeah like you said the tribe the tribes like cleaned up really well right you know 
Um, it could have been the Spanish. Which, I mean, that does kind of make sense, though, because if they were already one, they already saw what happened after one dude stole a cup. So they were like, well, we want revenge, but we don't want them to make it think that it was us. So we're just going to make it look like it never happened. Uh, I mean, I guess. And they had enough time to do that. Right. They had fucking, yeah, plenty of time. But how come there's never been any kind of right. any bones Cause that showed up? Because the aliens helped them do that. The aliens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it could have been the Spanish. Because remember, the Spanish were trying to come up there and said that they were going to do their own thing. And they were actually like eavesdropping on stuff. So, yeah. And they were pissed off because... They had a whole war going on. The only thing that I could think of that with the the Spanish that they they captured them and took everything, not necessarily like killed anybody. They just captured them. But in the sense of that, though, if they were trying to capture them and they knew that the English didn't really care for the Spanish, you're not gonna put up a fight. Like you're saying, out of the 107 people that were there, one person didn't say enough like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not only that, but if they were to would have captured them, they probably would have used them as some sort of like uh, you know. A, bargaining ship yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Okay. Um, there is John White. Who's an alien. Who something's up with dude. Yeah. Something is up with dude. He, like he's a time traveler. Yeah. Mm, maybe. He just popped up. That would make all kinds of sense. Mm-hmm. Because the the antiquitary mechanism he had it with him. He probably stopped off over Stonehenge mm-hmm. and dropped that along the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a dickhead. Yeah, that anyway. was a silver cup. <laughs> Maybe <that's, laughs> this is how I fix it. You mean with your lead cup, dick nose? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, to me, it's the only expl- explanation that makes sense. Yeah, that makes more sense than the other explanations that it could be. And it's crazy to me that it's so, um, like, people are still, like, talking about this and still, I mean, we're doing an episode on this right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We met a guy who made a book about it. Or yeah. books. Books, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Out in the Los Angeles. The Los Angeles. So, I I don't know, man. It's crazy that, you know, people are still fascinated by this story when, to me, it sounds... I I mean, again, there's no evidence, but it sounds pretty cut and dry. Yeah. You know? Sounds pretty black and white. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't. Because John White... Come on. I'm not giving you that one. Damn it. Nope, nope, nope. You could have said it could have been... It's very black and John White. See that could have worked because at least his name was in it his name was in it black and white <laughs> whatever <laughs> hit the boo <laughs> let's move on <laughs> so listen make sure to stop over to our official website the midnight train podcast.com everything you need and or want will be there you can get a hold of us you can listen to past episodes you can you know go to all our socials you can do whatever and of course you can get yourself some super sweet super sweet and dice Ooh. Like the Duke of Fingerbum shirt. We were just talking about that guy. <laughs> we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't be a DeSalvo. I mean, there's so many other ones over there, too. And, the, like, you know, the shirts, uh, uh, hats, anything you guys want. It's in there, okay? So just get on over there. Do your thing. You know what I mean? If you like what you've heard from us, and we hope you do, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast. Become a first class passenger. Do it. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool stuff. All right, like a custom shirt, custom poster, all kinds of cool shit. Do it. And uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're into this and you want to support us, because you know this is time consuming, and I do want to punch myself in the face every time I'm done making a a word that doesn't work. <laughs> yep. Listen, folks, I'm really sensitive. Okay. <laughs> I'm really not at all. If you know me, I'm not sensitive at all. 
So uh, most importantly, do us a favor. You know, even if you can't do that, if you can't financially help the show, you can help us by just share it. Share it with everybody. Yeah. Let everyone know that you've listened and that you're into it. And you're like, these guys don't suck half as bad as I thought they did. That's a better response than I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Midnight Train uh, Pod. No, wait, no, wait. That changed. Hold on. It's the Midnight Pod. Nope. The underscore midnight pod. Nope. The midnight underscore pod. That's what it is. Is that what it is? Doesn't matter. Just find us on fucking Twitter. Um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify. If you're over there, do us a favor. Rate us. If you're on Apple Music, get over there and rate us. If you're listening on Good Pods, rate us. Wherever you can, give us a rating. Five stars or five thumbs up. Five middle fingers. I don't care what it is. Wherever you're at, give us five of them and leave a review. We love the reviews. Uh, like uh, Satan actually is uh, starting to read the reviews and stuff. So, so yes, give us. Yes. Uh, today ran a little bit long, so we're we're uh, we'll have Satan come back in, on the next next episode, and uh, hopefully him. he's okay with that. Yeah, he'll he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll, he'll be work fine. out with him. I pay him well. He'll be fine. I don't get paid well. He's Satan. I'm your kid. Exactly. True. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, get over there, give us reviews, all the reviews you can. Please, 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 if you listen to the show and you haven't reviewed us before, get over there and do us a favor and please leave a review. All right? Honestly, you guys are great, and the reason we keep doing this is because of you. Yes, we love learning. We love hanging out with each other. I get a chance to hang out with my son, and we like doing all that, but it is a lot of work. It is. You know? I love learning. That's my biggest thing. But I, I could go read a damn book and not sit here and spit my really horrible vernacular to people. Yeah, but it's pretty funny, though. Yeah, that's I That's why guess. we're a comedy podcast now. Yeah, we, I, we are a comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. <laughs> because I can't say words. No, but anyway, I, I really do appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, I mean, we've been doing this for a while now. And I know, again, we're kind of taking it, um, you know, cutting it back a little bit. But that's only until after the holidays and shit gets uh, straight, uh, straightened, straightened out, sorted, sorted out, sorted out, yeah, sword and sword straightened, sword and shield, sword and shield. <laughs> so uh, just to give you guys a big heads up here, um, uh, if you don't know, if you're new here, my wife and I actually own a uh, a bar slash restaurant. Yes, and it's a very hard time for our business. Businesses like ours, our our field, I guess you'd say, um, it's really messed up because like you're super busy, but you can't find people to work, and then everybody's sick. Everybody yeah. is sick. Yep. So we're just working an awful lot. Grace is actually like picking up extra shifts. I'm picking up extra shifts. Like we're just we're doing what we can. So it's just busy time, and then you've got the holidays on top of it, and we're trying to do all that shit too. So anyway, yep. That's what's happening. We're not going to leave you hanging, though. We will be giving you at least one episode every two weeks. That's at least. At least. At least. We may throw out random episodes, but but you guys will be getting the, uh, you Patreon fuckers, you beautiful bastards. You guys will be getting them uh, once a week, respectively. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, speaking of those beautiful bastards. Oh. Those amazing first class passengers, oh. a.k.a. poopers. It's not going anywhere. I want to say a big, a super, a great, a thank you to you beautiful bitches. <laughs> to George De Jesus, Megan McTerry, Tomislav Sobota, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Stacey Luconin, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, 
Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, and sorry about your your shit going crazy there, Pumpkin. Yeah, and everyone else that I've been talking to lately, everyone sounds like they've just everything sounds like it sucks for everyone right now, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to be like that. Mm-mm. Like, I love you, bastards. Yes, we do, and we do this to put a smile on your face and make you feel better. I hope. Yes, you know what I mean. So, lift your chin up, keep moving. That's all we can do, right? Gotta That's keep it. The train of moving. That's baby. it. This train is always. We're gonna keep this thing moving for as long as we fucking can, and. That's it. So hopefully you guys, you know, we put a smile on your face. You learn some shit and, you know, you can just take that and hopefully add it to your day. Yeah. You know I mean? Or at the very least, you can laugh at and make fun of us. Right. Well, that's, yeah. It's I'm, a given. And I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm here for. To Mac Darty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janet Sherell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters Skelton Podcast. I still have to make that uh, Sister Skeleton Podcast. Yes. We should. We have to do that. Yes. I think it'd be amazing. Oh, yes. uh, to Maria Gibbs, to Chainsaw. What the fuck? To Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinek, and of course, our boy. Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. <laughs> the, I don't know why the old Jewish lady always comes out, dude. Every time I do it, I'm like, they get my head. Don't do the Jewish lady. And it still comes out as that. It's, I just see her sitting there with a cigarette like, oh, good for you. Oh, Sammy. Yeah. Bill Birch. Yeah, you, you fucking guy. Oh, you're so cool. Oh, your name's last. Look at you. Oh, must be really nice, Bill Birch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill. Ah, <laughs> oh, we love you guys so much. Stay safe out there, passengers, and as always, a choo motherfucker. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>